Greetings, 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 everybody. I hope everybody is doing wonderful and delicious. I'm in the shed, i.e. Secret Famous Studios, <laughs> i.e. my tiny little closet room here in Astoria. Um, taking a break from shedding. Doing a little shedding. Been in the shed, right? I talk about, I literally, it's September. It means you're in the shed. It's time to practice. The delinquency of the two months of summer, even though it is still technically summer, it's like you got to practice. It's like a lot of gigs coming up. You got to gotta keep it together, bud. You got to learn the chones. Got to check out the chones. Keep it together. So I'm in the shed. I'm taking a little break. I track this podcast with the one, the only, very, very, very special songwriter, Steve Waite. Steve Waite. And I say Steve Waite because I am privileged enough I told him I did a a tour, like a month-long tour in Germany and Belgium with him like four years ago. And there was this bass player named Barry, and he called him Steve Waite. Steve Waite. And I thought it was funny. That was in Belgium. So I always hear his name the way Barry said it in Belgium. Anyway, Steve Waite is an amazing, amazing, amazing songwriter. I really love his music. His new record is called Another Day Blown Bright. I'm actually holding the record. Can you hear that? It's plastic on the record. I'm holding a record. It feels so good. I wonder if the artwork is in the record. Um, and um, when, uh, yeah, you know, you get these things. This was a few years ago. I remember being in my teaching guitar lessons. And I was like, whoa, tour to Europe. And then I was like, it was a lot because you always have other gigs and teaching responsibilities or whatever. And I asked my new friend then, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And he, Tim Lappin, my dear friend, who is now my dear, dear friend, and he was like, well, let the music answer for you. Oh, Steve, I'm opening up the record right now. I didn't open this in front of him. It comes with a CD. Oh, my God. This is so beautiful. It's got all the lyrics. Because the he talks about it in this podcast, the, the, the kind of visual representation kind of really fits the music. Anyway, Tim Lapin was like, well, listen to the music, let the music answer the question. I listened to the music and I was like, the answer is yes. Steve's music is beautiful. I listened to Steve's music after the tour, I listened to his music. I missed his music. I had his CD in my car, his last record, the one I toured on. I still listened to that. His music sets a vibe, his tune, like, like water and stuff. I don't know. All of his tunes are really beautiful. I learned about a lot about indie rock guitar from the great Kirk Schoenhauer and Greg Tuohy. Uh, and the music is beautiful, and music is fun. And that was my dear friend Tim Lappin, who I hang out with all the time now. And then uh, he wrote a wicked funny post congratulating Steve. Um, <laughs> and he's like, and I, I saw Tim yesterday. We went surfing. He's my surf guru. He's like the best surfer at Rockaway. I get to just hang out and splash around and watch him shred. And when Steve released his record, uh, Tim made a really funny Instagram post where he shared what our daily schedule was like on this Germany tour. I have a sucker in my mouth. It's like a, it's not a sucker. It's a icebreaker's mitten spearmint. Anyway, and uh, dog, I was crying. I, I read this and I was crying. And then he was just like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think 
Steve saw it. So maybe, Steve, maybe you're going to listen to this now, and I'll read this to you. We did 21 shows in 21 days in Germany. All right, here's the daily schedule. 11 a.m., wake up. 11.30, coffee. 12 o'clock, start driving. 2 o'clock, coffee. Late lunch. Excuse me, light lunch. 5 p.m., arrive for load in. 5.01, beer. 5.30, load in. 5.35, beer. 6 o'clock, sound check. 6.02, we're going to grab a quick beer for sound check. <laughs> 6.30, beer. 7 o'clock, doors open. 7.15, dinner. 7.16, going to grab a beer to have with dinner. 7.59, grab a couple stage beers. 8 o'clock, first set. 8.30, quote unquote. Can we get a few beers on stage, please? <laughs> 8.50, set break, beers. 9.15, second set. 9.16, oops, need some beers. 9.17, second set. 10.15, beer. 10.45, beer. 11.15, beer. 11.30, breakdown. 11.31, grab some breakdown beers first. 12 o'clock, beer. Midnight 30, load up, beer. 12.35, load up. 12, I didn't say that right, but I guess you got it. Like, let's get a beer. All right, let's load out. Let's get a loadout beer first. Uh, 12.36, realize we were sleeping at the accommodations at the venue. Stop loading up. 1 o'clock, uh, a couple more beers. Dude, lapping, and that is not, of course, obviously, Steve. It was a, not what every day was like. But God damn it, Timmy Lappin can make me laugh. I, Timmy Lappin had me crying. Timmy Lappin is so funny. So, Steve, I know you get a kick out of that. I hope to have Tim Lappin on here soon enough. He's my friend and I always wanted to do his like a post surf and I just did that with the great Pat Firth that'll be coming up I'm rushing this um Steve one he has a show coming up at the end of this month and the record's just out and it was all fresh and I'm taking a sitting here I've practiced for maybe an hour and a half now and I was like I drank a coffee after like x amount of time playing guitar and practicing singing and stuff you start to lose steam I gotta get out of this room that's really what's happening. Maybe I should take a walk or something. Take a little, like, 15-minute walk to refresh uh, and come back and hit the shed. But I told Steve, I was like, well, I'm going to try to get this out. I want to get this out maybe next week. Not that you care. But anyway, I hope you listen to it. Steve is a cool, 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 cool dude. A deep songwriter. As Tim Lappin said, one of the most intelligent people I know. He's super smart. He, uh, he races life. In every fucking way possible, and it was kind of really special to hang with him last night. I was telling him the night that the last time I heard his music was the day after Trump. No, it might have been the day Trump got elected, or the day after. I had a gig the morning after the election in the morning on Boomer and Carson. Boomer, Boomer Esiason, he's a Republican that. He's a fucking dipshit. That dude is a dipshit. Uh, play with the Jets, the Bengals. I don't know, man. I was a sports radio gig. I'm playing guitar behind Constantine. And fuck, we were. I was the whole train. It was weird. That was a weird day in New York. And I remember hearing Steve's music. And again, I was just like, this dude writes good music. I'll be at the show. It's a Wednesday. Uh, listen to this. Listen to this music. This first track is goddamn good. Back to it. And I talk about this here. My wife and I are talking. We're like, you're returning to your roots, you know? And I think Steve wrote a whole record about this. So it's serendipitous and timely in a way to kind of like his self-reflective music. Please enjoy Steve Waite. Please check out all of his tunes. They're so juicy and good. And the guitar playing is dope. And the sounds are great. And his lyrics are special in his voice. It's just a vibe. Just a deep vibe. 
kind of like a Radiohead thing or something where you're, it's, I listen to it alone and reflective, you know, it's just really beautiful music. Thank you to Steve for having this. Thank you for making your beautiful music. And I hope you continue to make the beautiful music. So we all know it's a hustle, but you're the man. Everybody be well, be kind to each other. We'll talk soon. Enjoy this track. Seltzer, beer. Oh yeah, you got it all set up, dude. <coughs> mm -hmm. Let me see it, dude. Oh yeah. Oh my god, bro. This is so beautiful. I fucking love. It. Let's crack a beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. So. Say hello to the mic. Can you hear yourself? Hello. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. I'm just going to adjust this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little low. Doom, doom. Oh. Ah, Prost. Yeah, man. Prost. Prost. Mm. Dude. Mm. 
Round a burger, yeah. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> I think we're playing that town, Round a burger. That's fucking dope. I'm pretty excited whenever I see it. The name of a beer I like on the tour schedule. That immediately strikes you up, right? You're like, this is going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. So, dudes, ladies and gentlemen, here we are live. Well, okay, it's not going to be live. It's going to be like in two weeks. But anyway, Perfect. Steve Waite, singer, songwriter, piano player, my f- dear friend, and he has a new record out, Another Day Blown fucking bright congratulations dude mm-hmm. thank you it's number one exceptional to see you because it's been the last time we saw each other i was telling rachel was uh the night trump was elected it was the day after i don't know was that right and you you <laughs> you were playing music and you were like i think i'm finally coming out of my funk you know what i mean because that was horrifying Oh, that's right. We played Rockwood the day after, and, and we're like, who's going to come out? This is so freaking depressing. I don't want to even. <laughs> but it actually turned out a big show because everyone just wanted to get out and fucking scream. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a healing show. Yeah. No, it mm-hmm. like had to happen. Mm-hmm. I, felt like, I felt like a positive energy from you. Hearing yeah. good music, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, that was... Um... Uh, it, was, it was dark times. I kind of blocked all that shit out of that whole, <laughs> that whole month. It's all a, a bunch of drugs and alcohol just blurring all that shit out. It's not real happening. It's fucking real. Yeah. Okay, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. He's going to change. He's going to, and then, like, what? No. No. It's terrible. Should <laughs> Um, so Steve, mm. this podcast, Secret Famous, just so you know, because sometimes it will be like shooting the shit and then like 30 minutes in people will be like, so what is this? What the fuck is this? Mm, yeah, tell me. I just, I started it because I was like, all of my friends are cooler than all the major people. And like your, like Brad Pitt interview is so boring. So they're like working on these brands and I'm like, Steve, mm. wait, is literally the perfect. And so I do a little intro and then I play a song. So I played Cats into this. Mm-hmm. With um, <clears throat> back to it. Mm, okay, great. Does this at all relate to Trump? <laughs> <laughs> We're back to the eighties, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. go and go back, back to an go act- backwards. No, 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 no. No, it's not a. I don't. I don't think I get too political at all in these things. I typically don't. I try to steer away from that because I just don't want to fucking think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more about you know. Fucking what you live in and love and all that kind of stuff and try to, you know, put out the good positive fucking put out the put out the art and let that hopefully fix itself through you know what through kind of just getting everyone's heads together in the right right direction. Trying not to focus on the, the mm, I don't uh, yeah maybe there's some angst in there you yeah know, maybe it's under underbelly of like well, fuck this all but yeah no it's nothing nothing direct. Nothing direct because it, it feels like a like I feel like you write like characters like I'm in the middle of like a story, you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like what? Okay, mm-hmm. what's going on? What mm-hmm. are we doing? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I had a lot of feelings from that tune, but my favorite part is that it's like two fifty. Right when I think it's gonna like fucking take off, I'm like the track is over. It really leaves you wanting more. Mm, yeah, because <laughs> like. A lot of your tracks like build and build and build, and this it's, one just takes off and then it lands. Quick. It really does, but you kind of kind of pull the rag out from me under just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, come on, here we go, here we go. Oh, <laughs> what is it? Leave wanting more? Is that the, the idea? 
yeah. think that was Chris. We had we had a gaunt, it had like an extra little tag on it, and then in the studio, I think we made that decision. Chris Morris, who was playing the bass on, bass on that, you know, Chris. Yes, and you he, had the motherfucker band. We did, man. Hold yeah. Josh Dion, uh, Greg Tui, um, big dogs. Yeah, it was all it was all big, but I think it was Chris's call. We were like playing, and then because those guys just we came in, we did like two big rehearsals with the with the with the band. And Greg, of course, knows all the stuff because he helps me write. But Josh and and Kristen, and um, normally it's Tim Lappin on bass with me. He's forever, but he couldn't do it. He was on tour with uh, um, what's that guy's name? Not Nick, Nick Murphy. It's Nick Chet Murphy. Faker. Yeah, yeah. AKA Chet, Chet Faker. Great. I got to see them play it. I forgot what his when he's now kind of going on their solo project or his singer songwriter name. Oh, Nick Murphy. That's it. We saw him at. Um, Brooklyn Steel, great, actually. I've never seen those guys. Yeah, but it, I haven't seen it either. I've watched fun. videos online. No, they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but then it was Chris's choice. He says, yeah, you know what? Let's." He said, this wouldn't be too precious, would it? But we just stop it right here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. <laughs> just sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's sweet for an opening track because it builds. When the acoustic guitar comes in in that first little chorus, and I was just like, God damn. Yeah, Cubetta did a great. This was a lot of Cubetta's stuff too, and um, Gary Arturo, who did the, um, was the other producer on it. They had great ideas. How how long did it take you guys to track the whole thing? Like, was it a week blocked out? <laughs> it wasn't terribly long. I, th- I mean, we did. I mean, because of the rhythm section we had, we did basics in a day. Wow. Yeah, just went and knocked them all out. Like eleven. We did. I think we tracked twelve. 13, I think 13 tracks, and we ended up with 11, and uh, we just hit them all. And then, and then we did we did like a five day, and then a, and then another week, and then I did some, a bunch of overdubs on keyboards and stuff like that since, yeah. and worked with those guys that stretched out over the period of a month. But we we did all within a month. So you banged it out. That yeah. that, that makes the record sound a little more cohesive, right? That's the like, only way to do it. I mean, <laughs> for me, I mean, it's it actually took a lot longer because. Some what financially just needed to get everything together and came back to do the mixing of it. We had we came back and did that over over some time period. But I had done my first like large uh, produced album uh, in New York with like 2008 with Blue Parade, and that took a year. Like every time I'd get another like three hundred dollars, we'd go back in. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. know that, you know that game oh, I do. over a year. Painful, uh, stupid. This the dumbest. I mean, it came out good, but. Not like at by the end, you're, you're making decisions that are based on nothing. Like, wait a minute, what was that song? We don't even play that song this way anymore. I, you come back through yeah, 25 tracks of pedal steel guitar, <laughs> trying to figure out which one to just bad decisions. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks, it loses the mojo. You aren't as excited about the songs when you go back in, you're like, ah, oh, I remember this, at least from your own perspective. I, for, for me, it's a, I like just the one brush stroke, you know, just throw, yeah. throw that. Thing right up against the canvas and then call it good. Yeah, yeah. it's art. It's done. Make yeah, make the decisions in the studio, kind yeah. of thing, instead of like giving you all the options. Which, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> which you got Pro Tools and you're at home and like, oh, you know what? I could re- I could redo this this guitar part myself. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. No, it's good. <laughs> it's fine, right? Is that Greg? Greg's like, let me let me retract this. Hmm. And you're like, no, Greg's not that way. That's actually he's quite the opposite. He's because he's done a lot of albums and he's like. All about making the commitment. There, that's the. We're not going to go later and put it through some pedals or something. He's like, nope, this is the sound we're doing. Yeah, commit to the sound, commit to the part. And he's like the one hit, like the one tr- take guy. 
It's like, boom, gun. What's the next song? One take, done. One take, and he writes all those beautiful parts, like, beforehand. Yeah, he works. He really works out everything. He's very much like that. Yeah. He's literally a guitar genius. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's nuts. He's all over with Aaron Parks now, and he, those guys are touring everywhere. Oh, shit. That yeah. jazz project he does, and those guys are fucking sick. But that's, I, can't, I can't get him on tour anymore. He's, all, he's, he's like, he, didn't, he went and did a one-off in San Paulo. Brazil. They're like, yeah, we're just gonna go one, do one, one night, jazz. Who would have thought this pays <laughs> all this fucking money to go play jazz, play go for play like three thousand people and play jazz? Brazil? I'm like, where did the fuck did I get this wrong? I'm like, I thought it was supposed to be, you know, don't do jazz because you're never gonna make any money. You got to go do, <laughs> yeah, you got to write pop tunes, right? Yeah, do rock and roll and pop, and that's what everyone, that's what the people want to see now. Uh-uh. We. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you were always this, were you like doing the jazz thing or did you want to be I a took, singer songwriter no I did I did jazz in college I took jazz piano I liked I mean I was I mean I think I didn't get really turned on to it until later until like in my late teens early 20s and then I was like oh shit who's you know who's Kirby Hancock who's you know John Medeski who's like these you know who's you know Bill Evans like you know, I'm saying like wow this is what you can do this with the piano like holy shit yeah. You don't realize it, I don't think, because I didn't, I was just into rock and roll back when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. You know, you know Ray Manzarek or, you know, Ray Charles or something, you know, but then you didn't really know because that's, a lot of his stuff is kind of buried yeah. in the mix, you know, not until it was like up front. So I got into it then, but it never, so it was always there. And then when I went to New Orleans, I mean, it was that its own thing, you know, Professor Longhair kind of, oh, Dr. John, I liked I learned some of that stride stuff, learned how to do some of that. Yeah. That kind of boogie stuff is fun. Raised in Tucson, right, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably, like, I mean, I knew where I grew up. There wasn't ever, like, real jazz. It's like, you know, yeah, you hear a record, you're like, what the? There's always, like, one dude in town, maybe, or something. You're like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, there was more of a blues. I mean, there's a lot of, like, blues guys that go there to to retire. You know, it's like, because it's warm there all the time. Yeah. So after you play, like, and maybe, and, like after after a year playing, you know, great music, and you're like, ah, I don't want to live in Chicago anymore. And Florida fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Arizona. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it makes sense. sense. You know, it's, it's probably like the it's like the it's the Florida of the Southwest kind of thing. Like it kind of is. My friend always says that. There's, a, but Tucson has like a intellectual tinge with the college and. Tucson, Old. Tucson special. Tucson yeah. is special. Yeah, because it's got that downtown area, and it's got this um, the Fourth Avenue, which is kind of like tied up against the university because the university's big. It's got a scene down there. Yeah, and that was cool. Like my dad would take me down there and show me music and like blues bands. There were some good blues groups, and but there was never any like jazz clubs. But there was good rock venues. Good rock, good blues. Yeah, and a lot of. Like the guy, like, like the guy that, um, like, um, what's his freaking name? The R- Little Richard. So Little Richard's guitarist, you know, who toured with him for decades, lives there. He actually played a, a gig with us. Like I always hire a band down there. I'm like, yeah, you want to do Lucille? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he knows that one. <laughs> like I want to. I'm like I want to do. I just want to hear you do the guitar parts. Yeah. I was like, he's like, oh yeah, I got you. And it's, it's sick. And it's the record. And you're like, oh my god, that's the sound. Yeah, they yeah. just lock that that stuff. So you get you get a lot of great players down there. And yeah. Tucson's and Tucson's definitely interesting. It's a it's a mix. It's kind of like an Austin and Oasis. It's where you know you're in a pretty much red state. You know, I got yeah, I got a lot of friends who are 
Trump fans, you mm-hmm. know, they're like, no, it makes sense. I'm you know, seriously tired of these, you know, people coming up and taking our contract, you know. Taking all our gigs. Taking jobs that are like, a lot of, it's a lot of construction because there's a lot of that. You know, friends of mine who are contractors and they're like, yeah, man, I'd give a friend a quote on a house for 80000 and the guy, you know, this other guy can do it for 30000 You're going to go with the guy with 30000 who's using it, hiring all the illegals. Yeah. That, they've got something to be said there. Yes. And, but so I, I always try not to go. When I'm back for the holidays, get drunk and fight with my friends about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was bad one night. It was bad. It happens. You know, yeah, my, it happens. Yeah, I try to avoid those things. That's funny. Yeah, I've been uh, drunk in the holidays in a red area. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, no, I, I just like I'll keep my friends and play. You know, that's right. Were you writing songs in Tucson, or did that come after your collegiate jazz piano kind of days? You know, it was funny because coming out of um, there, I was into grunge. Because I was there in the '90s, yeah, you know, uh, I was there in the '80s and the early '90s, and that was like when Nirvana was huge, and that's when Tool was big, and that's where Smashing Pumpkins. These were kind of like the bands I was really excited about at coming out of high school, and so I joined a grunge band. I was a lead singer for like, what was the name of our band? Gage's Attic. Super. That's a yeah, hardcore cool name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gage's Attic. Gage's Attic. Bother. I was totally into singing like that. Shredded my voice. Yeah, it was fun though. Did you just sing, or did you play keys? That one I just sang. I didn't. I had just been playing like classical and some learning some kind of pop stuff, but I didn't learn how to be. It wasn't a rock and roll instrument to me, you know. I didn't. I didn't want. I wanted to play like loud guitar. Yeah, you know. And you you had that beautiful voice then. Yeah, at that time I could. I was really into singing like because that kind of grunge, like that overdriven, like like breaking up your voice and expressing the angst of how much I didn't like my position with the. I moved out of the house when I was still in high school. I didn't yeah. like, didn't, you know, I had that thing. But all the kids do. Teen angst thing? Yeah. Fuck you, dad. You know. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so you started Gages. Mm-hmm. And then when did, where, maybe you went to college in Oregon? Yep, that's it. Yeah, I, I went to U of A for a couple of years and then I transferred up to Oregon. And then that, that was great. That's when I got. That's when Bill Evans and fucking all the dorky shit entered your life. You're yeah, like, yeah, man, and, and a lot of psychedelic like stuff, rock and um, and like just really experiment. Like, got to experiment. I was in a group um, with a bunch of friends that I lived with, and we just we would do mushrooms and play gigs. Yeah, you know, and like have at our house where people would all come and we'd party and just like do. That was a lot of fun, and I ended up joining up like a really big group called Kawaita and we had like a, it was like a 15 piece and we had horn sections and like we played, started playing festivals it was a lot of fun that's a great scene up there and it's a, was this in Portland? this is in Eugene oh little, I have a friend who little, just moved little there. Co- little hippie college town yeah yeah mm-hmm. University of Oregon that's great great town oh and that's uh Phil Knight of Nike, right? Is that that town? Mm. Is that the one with the football team and exactly. all that shit? exactly yeah, yeah. that was that didn't happen when I was there in the late 90s um, that was kind of like after that. They, that. That's when they built like whatever all the, sta- the stadium is. That they didn't have a big football team back then. No one yeah. cared about that. It was all like a liberal arts college. Yeah. And then they brought some money in, and then there, then people got like, oh, we're the best. They, I guess they have a really good football team, but I don't really watch football. Were you <laughs> writing tunes for the project that you were playing with? Mm-hmm. Then, always, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're always a songwriter. You're always uh, a writer. I've always been part of it, but it was it, it was slowly built into 
me being more like ex- like really becoming confident in writing my own songwriting stuff where I I was bet that I really got into Tom Waits. That's when I really got into Bob Dylan. That's when I got into like the great songwriters, Earl Guthrie, and you know figuring out these are great songs. And I didn't. It wasn't about trying to jam and to be like in a band where a lot of people dance and have fun. And I'm like, <laughs> instead they should be. <laughs> Listen to me. No. Instead, <laughs> instead I you know connect with all the whole you know the more poet poetic part of it. Yeah. And, then I started, that's when I started kind of on the, the, the other journey from there, from being like a touring, like rock and uh, jam band kind of. I was really into uh, like world music and I was studying like drumming and I, I was really into a whole, it's like, I think that happens to a lot of people when they're that, that age, you're trying to figure out like all these different styles of music that you like, but then what do you can, what is you can, you really your do? Heart? What yeah. can you do that no one else can do kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, and then is that from there, from Eugene, you went to New Orleans? Yeah. I, I, it was a long trip to get there. It was, I had traveled in Mexico for a long time. And then when I lived down in my van, lived in San Francisco, uh, and, and then off, drove across the country to Austin. And then just kind of lived in my van. I was a glass blower at the time. Which oh, you, shit. That's what you do in Eugene to put yourself through college is learn how to blow glass with Bob Snodgrass and Bob Batchman and learn how to make, you know, Sherlock bubblers and you know shit like that. Yeah, that's so dope, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How could you carry the the heater element for the glass in your van, bro? Did you uh, have you have yeah. to go to shops or it's something? Lamp, it's lamp work, so you got a <laughs> you got a torch. It sits yeah. on a table. And oh, you need a ventilation yeah. thing. Now, it's not a good idea to do it without a proper ventilation. But where I'd go, I I could set up. There's a lot. Of, I was it like in Austin? I I. I, there was a shop in San Francisco. There's a shop I rent. You bring your own torch in. You bring your own stuff. You can rent their propane and oxygen tank. And you bring, get the glass and you make them. And then Damn, dude. Sell them to local head shops, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that, Steve. That's fucking badass. It was a fun way, it was a fun way to, to, to make money and travel around. And then right by the time I got to New Orleans, I was still doing it that, that way. I built, one, I built a shop in my, my apartment that I had there. I got like a cheap little... Uh, railroad with they call them shotguns down there, like a little two bedroom shotgun mm-hmm. for like what was I paying like three hundred bucks a month? Oh. You get your own place, little, little yard, and uh, you know, no, it's cheap, especially back then, like pre Katrina, like it was super cheap. You get a nice place, blue glass, traded with people, hung out, got really drunk all the time because <laughs> it's the drunkest city ever right you just drink everywhere yeah, yeah fall in love best. with a bartender and that's it you yeah know, basically <laughs> new Orleans <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> it's like it got a, it's like a got a like a mystique to it too like there's a, a romance to like new orleans like a, it's an inspiring town too as a songwriter as I love a piano it. player it's so attractive once you once you get there i remember going from austin i had been in Austin for, and I really liked Austin. I was like, "This is awesome town." There's such good music, there's so great, much music, great, blue. maybe too much music. Yeah, yeah. Just like, so great scene, like nice centralized town. scene. And like, I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, I could just stay here. Like good weather and like good, like awesome people. And I was practicing. You could go up to the to the university there, and you could kind of just sneak into the piano rooms and practice and play. No one cared. And. uh and then I went to New Orleans. I wanted to go for Jazz Fest right around 2001 and 2002, 2001. And when I arrived, that was it. 
I was like this, like driving through. I had to, I slept in my van the night before in um, uh, the town north of it. It wasn't. It was in Lafayette, I guess. And drove in in the morning and went through that. You have to go along that swamp. You ever driven in yeah, from like I ten? Yeah, yeah, on ten. And, and all of a sudden you're, you're like, in the swamp. I'm like, this? what? It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, you know, it's like, you're like what there's the, gators out there, dude. This is like you could feel the heaviness, like the air. All of a sudden, it's just like dense and like it's got old spirits there and you pull in and it's like this is funky <laughs> whoa and then and then you go in and you sit at a bar and, every, and the, it's the nicest freaking town like yeah. it's nowhere nowhere else I've ever met in the country that uh, that you sit there there's a guy with tattoos on his face and there's a guy with a, a suit and tie and the guy with tattoos on his face he's like hey what's up bro how you doing you know no one judges anybody as soon as you come in it's like hey what's up I've never met you before like how you doing? Welcome to New Orleans. Like, yeah, we're all going to be underwater one day. So, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to have we're having a barbecue in our backyard later. Yeah, Want to come? come over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fucking friendly. Like right away, I was like, I fell in love. Music everywhere. It's great fucking town. I would have stayed there forever if I wouldn't killed myself. It's just like debaucherous. Yeah, it's not. A, it's a good. It's a very transient city that way. You meet a lot of people <laughs> on the way through. Yeah, you, know? you kind of hang there for a couple of years. And you're like, all right, all yeah. Right. And after Katrina, it was pretty much over, you know. Were you there during Katrina? No, I came up in 2000, uh, just before. Yeah, so I came up in 2004 mm-hmm. for an opportunity up here. I worked for, uh, not too far from here, like Long Island City. I worked in um, New York City Outward Bound, worked with um outdoor program working with kids. And... Um, uh, so a job pulled you out of New Orleans. Yeah, I, well, I wanted to check out the music scene up here because was, I was doing stuff down there, but there's, there's no follow-through. Mm. You know, everybody talks, everyone's a musician, and nobody follows through. Yeah. You know, it's the big easy. Yeah, yeah. I had a, this guy that, what was his name? Kurt, and he was jazz, like, sax player, became a friend of mine. And I would play, like, down on uh, Frenchman and, like, sit in with people, that kind of a thing. It's a great town for that. But, you know, trying to get the band, get a band together and try to rehearse and go on tour and all that thing, try to make it happen. It's just everyone's like, eh, you know, I'm going... Oh, dude, I, I'm, I got drunk instead. You know, I didn't mm. didn't do it. And he said, you know, hey man, this is the big easy. If you can't make it here, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> you go up. You went up to the Big Apple instead. And went, Fair enough. So you got your fill, and you were like, all right, man. I came up. I, know, I thought more. I, I thought I'd go back. You know, I thought maybe I'd come up here for a year, give it a shot, and then maybe I'd go back. And, and a few things happened where I started playing with bands up here. And then Katrina happened in, in 05 in that summer, and that made my decision really easy. I had some, I lost a couple of friends down there, and, oh, and the place was destroyed. destroyed. I had been going. I went back, you know. I had been going back, and and thought I'd always have that as a home. And then just the you know that coupled with the fact that the music scene up here was just was off the chain. That was it for me. Like the going to an open mic where there's 70 songwriters hungry to like get their song and to play their two songs or sometimes a one song <laughs> yeah. that night like at Sidewalk Cafe and then later on to like Bar 4 down in Park Slope just to play people were so hungry to play music and like driven it's it's like a shot of adrenaline you know like that's what I wanted that's what I needed yeah you know New York do. definitely provides that yeah to an extreme yeah <laughs> <laughs> to, to an extreme mm-hmm. yes Absolutely. One of my friends... Pop me another one here. There we go. Um, yeah, he was, he was like, yeah, he, 
he said something like that. Like Alaska is uh, nature on steroids. If <laughs> New York is urban on steroids. You know what I mean? It's just like. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we kind of end up here. But and you're. I mean, that's you're. That's a. That's a fucking heyday period. I kind of think of you like you know. Pre. Um, in-the-box music completely dominating the charts. You know, you kind of had, like, a lot of New York songwriters kind of coming up and coming out of the scene, too, in that era. This uh, I moved here in that in 2003, too. So I was like, look okay, at this right. one. Regina Spector, uh, Gavin right. DeGraw. That's fucking, right. That was, and she, like, she had just come out of that, right? She was, like, just had broken from the sidewalk scene there right then she at that was same like time. The, yes. I remember coming down here, and I'm like, who? And they're like, yeah, dude, she sold it out. Like, I was like, What? Who is this? And then you check her out, and you're like, oh, my God, she's amazing. Yeah, she was really fun live, too. I haven't seen I haven't heard much from her in a while. Or yeah. She's still doing it. I think she's still making records and doing it. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, that's what I'm saying. You were like... See, I yeah, I came to the songwriting thing a little bit later, too. So it was like, I was like, what, what the hell is this whole world? But then I feel like you were, like, right. You came, and you were in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So who's our uh, who's our listeners here? Who are we talking to? Does anyone listen to this show? I have some listens. I have some. I, here, I'll put it this way: see, more people listen to this than my music. Oh, what? Oh, okay. You guys were people. <laughs> no, it's weird. I just think people like podcasts more mm. than my music. So, uh, you, many years ago, a friend was like, "Man, you should have a podcast. You know a lot of people." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Sure." And then I started doing it. I can't see who listens to it. I know people talk to me, email me, mm-hmm. so I know who those cats are, but. I can't see who it is. I know mm-hmm. our, ta- our target audience is here. We're, you know, it's not. I originally wanted it to be for the nun musicians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. thought, like, look, you could get in this indie rock. People who live on the fringes and do fucking shit that people say they're going to do and don't mm-hmm. do. You know what I mean? But I found that I think more people that check it out are, like, musicians. Musicians <laughs> who care about, like, other, uh, like what's going on in the music scene and listen yeah. to some people that they might know. Yeah. I, I called you. it Secret Famous. Which... Right? Which leads me to, I thought you were a unique character for this, too, because you're you're secret famous in New York, but you're, like, fucking real famous in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure? little do people know what happens when you go to Germany, right? To, to the listeners, and I, I, got, I, I had the privilege to play guitar with Steve in Germany, where we did 21 shows in 21 days or something. Insane. Yeah, and like back to back. You that have, was a fun you tour. You have rabid fans there, bro. It was a fun tour. Amazingly fun. That we did. Yeah. And you're still developing this thing, so I'm sure, like... It's a, it's a great scene over there, man. I, I, I was just talking to my buddy Tommy Wilson, who's, a, who's an agent for, for Tui and for some bands. He's more, like, a, a, represents jazz groups more than others, but he represents some big bands. He's friends with the, you know, the, the manager from Radiohead. He's like, he's got some people. And Is he working on your career? He managed, I, I met he, him. He, he manages he, Greg. Yes. I he, met him I, one time. He does... He does like consulting with me. He's he's always happy to talk to me about stuff, and he was saying, you know, like you're doing. He says you that's you're going a good way. Like anybody who I, if we're talking to like, if the listeners out there are musicians, you know, I always think this would be interesting. Like I, ne- you never really know. There's no formula, right? Like how the hell are we supposed to do this? I've been playing these gigs every month at whatever venue, and still never like it turns into anything. You you pour it, you pour every all your energy, all your heart, and all, all your, your money, money, yeah, into like trying to get people to fucking go to that Bowery show, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. And then tour up and down the coast. And I go down to Philly, up to Boston. It's like, it's ex- freaking exhausting. And it is 
just burns you. And then you start going over to Europe and it's just like, it's like after you do, after you tour in the States and you live in New York, it really is like when you go over there, it's like, oh, this is a fucking breeze. <laughs> it's just like, Bro. they just hand you money. And they love, and they're such, <laughs> they're just like, can you count? Accommodation, can I give food, you, oh, oh, a sound man. I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't give you each your own private hotel room. You're going to have to, you know, each, like... Two of you are gonna have to share like a room, but we have, but it's a it's a connected suite, and blah, blah, you know I'm like, dude, you have no idea, you have no idea what what the what our accommodations are. No one ever tells you about it. Even says ho- the word hotel when you're touring in the states. They're like, I don't know where you're gonna stay. Yeah, good luck in the van tonight. I guess bro, you can yeah. stay in the basement of yeah. the venue. If you wanted to, or you have to like say it on the mic, like, "Hey, uh, we're looking to crash tonight." If oh yeah. Anybody- <laughs> like, no, oh. no, no, really. I'm, I'm serious. If anyone can let us stay on your couch tonight, please, because if not, we're in the van again tonight, and it's not cool. It's getting dark in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, they take people go and they pay. They pay money. People are excited to go see live music in, in Europe and in Germany, especially. It seems for some, for and that's why so many people are touring over there. And my buddy Tommy was telling me, like, "Hey, if you just keep focusing on those markets." Because that's where you will, you can keep making it. Because those things will spread into those regions, and, then, and people they speak English well. They you know, like it's Very not well, it's not yep. it's not lost on them what you're saying, and they love good music, and they'll go pay for it. And then afterwards, they get up and they say, "Where's the line to go by the?" Like, is this where I stand to buy the album? I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you people! I love you, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when we played that um, that show out in the woods and we got super stoned with that reggae band? And you started singing. Um, we did uh, your jamming by Bob Marley, Son. and you started singing. We're German. We're German. We're German. <laughs> we're German. We're German, and I hope you like Germans, Germans too. too. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, Bro, that I was, was crying. I dude, was crying. That was an outrageous fucking tour, man. That was so much fun. Steve, Me- that gig, I remember rolling in and being like, "Oh my god, what is this shit?" And that was one of the best. Fucking nights of the, the, the woods. We were firing. The people were firing. Yeah, it takes me back to like what I always want is like the smaller show mm-hmm. with like a lot of people in a tiny space and there was food, food, yep. beers, weed, that crazy big dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Giant. Giant dog. Attack this. And you started, you know, like we were just, just having a blast. And then you started playing uh, the guitar riff for Thunder. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. How did, yeah, I know. And then we got the whole crowd to go, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and they were so into it. It was just like I don't even know the rest of the song. We're no, like, we'll we just play that. that. And they we were did content. that for like ten minutes, and they were fucking ecstatic. Steve, and the other thing, <laughs> I always think about this. I've probably never even told the story. You, you were covering that Pixies tune. We were yeah. covering, right, right. And I, I hadn't really like checked out the Pixies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. And then how, like, German cats would come over and talk to me about all of the deep cuts of the Pixies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is like an educated musical audience, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to listen to the Pixies records. I'm, I'm a fraud up here. I don't know what the fuck. Like, Yeah, they're so turned on to all the... I mean, there's... They're it's, so it's, dialed it's, it's, in. It's kind of like the, the currency of culture over there is to kind of like... What kind of music do you know? Like that's you know it's like how and sometimes you get like New York is like, but what do you do? Or what, and there it's kind of like, what do you like? What are you checking? What out? are you into? Yeah, yeah. Like what what's, what are you up to? Like what what are you listening to now? Like oh yeah, we can check out these guys and these guys. And that's how it was when I was a kid. You know that's how when I was like a teenager and like in college is like it was it was more interesting about like what what you were into. What was something that was unique that you liked or that you did or that you thought like art artistically. 
and even though New York is like a mecca for the arts, it's, I don't. It, it is this way in New York. I shouldn't say it's not, but it's so much more about that than than like people's careers. The way that it is in New York, a lot of people are like, you know, what career are you following? Yeah, what do you do? You know, and what's and how can you help me with my career? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is the fucking uh-huh. truth. So it's rare to meet somebody like, oh, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Yeah, what are you checking out? Like, it's not. It's not. I mean, Nor- and and in some ways, New Orleans is the only like kind of European city that's in the states to me because it was so much more about. It's like a community instantly. Yeah, people are interested in what what kind of arts you're into, but that's that's a great thing about 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 people over there and I don't want to make it seem like all oh, Europe's great and fucking states suck because all these little towns all these little places it's always these pockets of people who do give a fuck yes you know there's cool absolutely. people everywhere I stand absolutely. by that there's cool people everywhere absolutely but as far as like supporting a financial like tour or, or something like that you can driving 20 hours to Columbus to play for the bartender and the three or four cool people that in that local area and sleeping on one of their couches it's just fucking it's a fucking drag. No, Steve, <laughs> if I would have... Dude, after, after... I have not gone out with a band after Germany. And up to that, I was like... I was probably... I was touring. And now mm-hmm. people are like, hey, man, here's the tour. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm older now or in like I'm like, dude, I'm not going out. I, I, it's like, dude, Germany was uh, like this magic time. You know what I mean? Like, they treat you real... Dude, people listening to the tunes? Mm-hmm. What? That's unheard of, dude. Uh, how is everything going over there for you? Like, it's growing? It's good. I mean, everything, since we picked up that, uh, since that label picked us up, um, Make My Day Records, um, that has really helped things take off. Because then they got us onto some really big, they got us on a good festival, they get us on television, get us on a bunch of radio shows. And that's huge. The guy, Jorg Temp, who owns um, Make My Day Records, also on Starkle, which is a like a, a publishing company. So anybody like from Wilco to Tom Waits to you know um, any like bands that I think of that I uh, that Clexico, which is from my hometown. Like when they come, when their albums come out, you, they need a publishing company to kind of spread the words into their print and to to the German Rolling Stone and to Hi-Fi Stars and all these places, and to get the word out and distribute. And that's who they go through that's not a huge country right so there's only like a it's a smaller network it's like 80 million people right yeah something like that and so once you know i've kind of you get i kind of got lucky like they liked us and now that's a big that's a big leg up because then you're automatically in we're automatically like doing a bunch of radio over there and we've got some nice like uh, there's a magazine called hi-fi stars who gave us a, a really nice like six page spread like all mm. about the and did like a radio inter- like already d- did a radio interview like over Skype yeah and it's like that kind of stuff really goes a long way I can't I cannot get that in the states yeah I'd have to pay you know fucking like $8,000 a month for six months to get that kind of publishing yes you know how it goes it's a fucking game get on the radio package it up pay $10,000 to see if you can get on the bundle and then it never happens yep uh-uh, that shit's it. bullshit <laughs> No, nope. it's <laughs> hard. So that that's been helpful, and th- and they're and they're regional. So we're kind of we were able to spread a little bit to like Austria, Switzerland, Belgium, Netherlands, like, and that region. 
of it. I'd like to go other places too. I'd like to go down to Spain. It's the same way. I'm like, I love Spain. I love to have what I have there in Spain. I can speak Spanish. Yeah. yeah. You know, my, my German sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you got some German though. You got street German. Oh yeah, I got street German. Fasmus, fasmus. <laughs> but but they, the other, it's the same way. Like other countries can't pay. Belgium's great. Bunch of music lovers, fans, but you know how it goes. As soon as we, you know, we went to Belgium together on that tour. And as soon as you're off the Autobahn and the roads are... <laughs> It's like yeah. the road, now you're like in a third world country. It's a whole different zone. In yeah, Belgium, and they yeah. don't have the they don't have the the economy really. Even though they have music lover, it's just like the the infrastructure can't support that kind of like people don't have the disposable income. Like Germany is like a freaking rich country. It is a rich country, bro. You know, yeah, everybody so, has dope cars, nice yeah. living situation, free yeah. healthcare, yeah, college, yeah, yeah. They're all like upper like everyone's upper middle class through there. Yes, I mean that is. For the majority. I mean, I don't know what their numbers are, but it's like everyone we hang out and meet was like, oh, no, we're, we're going on holiday again this week, you know, and then we come back for school for two weeks and then we go on holiday. <laughs> 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 and we're going to like, Croatia. What? We're going to, I'm like, okay, this is like, I just worked my face off for six months <laughs> thinking about going upstate for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good, though. That's good for... I feel like we're like, you know, how other people came to the States to be like, oh, okay, but well, they got such good money there. We can, you know, tap that mark. And like, no, now people are like from the States who are freaking broke. Like, let's go to, let's go to, let's go to Germany or Germany. Norway or. Oh, yeah. If you Scandinavian countries. That's what great. A lot of those guys that go up and you just got to get out, right? Don't spend. Once you go and play the, and you get all your crowns, like your big sack of crowns that they pay you, yeah. just fucking better get on the flight the next morning because you don't want to go spend any of it. $18 beer in Copenhagen. Fucking expensive. Everything's so expensive up there, but it's exactly that. a rich that. country, though, yeah. It really is. And I feel like there's some New Yorkers, you were like, who listens to this? My one friend who plays in some Norwegian, I did an interview with him, David Heimler. It was the most listened one. Mm. The Norwegians listened to it, bro. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was like, why is this number so much higher? Because it's like another population that like can afford and yeah, the cultural currency is fucking music. Like, yeah. what do you check? And they all checked it out. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, man, I know. It's, it's, you've been, have you toured over there? You've been up and, up and down that, the Scandinavian kind of thing? My wife and I hung out in Stockholm for a while, mm-hmm. for like a week. And then we did Reykjavik, inspired by the flight back, actually from our flight back. And when uh, we flew Icelandic Air and we stopped in Reykjavik and Tim and I had a beer and I was like, I have to come back here. Mm, I was, oh, I was uh-huh. like, this is rad. Also, last year, I remember your Barcelona oh, stories, and my nephew was studying over there, and I was like, Rachel, we're going to do the Steve Wait. We're going to Barcelona. We're going to sit on the beach and just drink wine, eat sausage. It was the shit. So I, mm-hmm. I have checked out Barcelona, mm-hmm. too, but I have not toured in Scandinavia. But I, I like all their music. Mm-hmm. You know what's big there? Fucking death metal. <laughs> like black metal, yeah. Like it's sugar, dude. Yeah. It's it's wild, dude. And you could kill someone there and just go to jail for like five years. You know that? <laughs> it's that's why that that's why that scene's so big. You can get like, 
And it's they're totally being real because then you could just go for like five years to jail and they're like, all right, you're good. All right, you're good. You did it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I forget what was the guy. There's like a guy within in one of these big black metal bands and he, he like killed the other band member or something. Went to jail for like five years. Like, all right, you're good. Come out. Yes, I remember that. Death. I think the band is literally called Death too, right? No, it's perfect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so when are you going to Germany again? Are you going to see Sweet Olaf? One month. One month? Um, yeah, we leave October. October? Yeah, first show is like October 6th. We start off in Belgium, actually. You can hang out with with um, Bert. Bert and Barry and all, all the other cats all the in that funky w- town. Yeah, Rupa What is that telling you? Rupa Munda. House rules. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy little town. And then, how long are you going to spend there? It's just like three. We got three three nights there, playing three shows, and then and then it's off to to Radeberg. First, yeah, Damn. like all across the country, across all the way to it's near it's near um, it's near the Czech Republic over there. It's on that far east side, and then it's uh, like three and a half weeks straight from there. It's a, and we end November 9th. and so we have. About twenty shows, something like that. That's full on, bro. That's a full. That's a full month, dude. Got the big sprinter. I love getting the big sprinter. Now, did, did you? Did we have the sprinter van the tour that we did? I can't go back after you get the sprinter van. I can't go back. Could do you remember being able to we stand? Up? Stand in it? Okay, no, no. Then it's that. It was the, the, the smaller sprinter, but I. No, I have toured in a full-size Sprinter, and it is the lap of yeah. luxury. Once you have you your can, own seat. You can you stand like, up and put your pants on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I did it's, one where we stood up from like someplace in Ohio to Michigan. I was like, we're going to stand the whole time. Dude, just because you're bored of sitting. Yeah, for like you know the I mean? extra €300 Euro for that for the tour, I'm like, I'm never going back to the VW Transporter 3 or whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah. Like, get the, is the, the 10 passenger. Is the German Sprinter also stick? Always. That's so dope. And they're Awesome. Oh yeah, they're so I great. love sprinters, bro. Yeah, they're so great. I mean, it's like I f- you feel like you're a real, like you're a rock, like you're a real thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because <laughs> you pull trains, and they're not much. Or like I think we pay a grand, like a thousand euro to twelve hundred euro for a month. That's so cheap. That sounds so cheap, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great. I mean, it's so freaking worth it. Yeah, because then you. Is it the it's kind with the uh, separate compartment in the back, so you can put all the gear in the back? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Those you, are because then you never have to worry about like every other time you're like, oh shit, how did we how did we pack the van the again? Pack? Like yeah. oh shit, now I have to sit with the tom drum again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just all goes in there, and then you have like two it's full seats. You can like no put, one's gonna lay die. down and fucking sleep between shows, and if you need to, you know, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. So we have one of those. I love it. I'm never going back after the sprinter. No, the sprinter is the best. <laughs> it's the best way. It's the baller way to tour. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. Steve, that uh, to go back to like nine modules ago, though, it's amazing that you were doing van life before it was like a cool hashtag. You know what I mean? You were living in the van. Tim and Lappin and I hung out today, and we were talking about people who do the social media van life. You know what I mean? Like you Is know, that a like thing? that's like a thing, yeah. <clears throat> like oh. they build out the van and then they document the whole thing and then they ask people for money on Patreon or some shit. And you're what? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. God. And they try to make a life like sharing their life, you know, on social media, but try to make money off of it. And you know what I mean? You're like, well, I'm not going to pay you, but you were like, that's you smart. were living in the van. It well, is that's, smart. That's a way to go. Uh, it's all. It would be hard to do. You have to be totally selfless. I had a, I had a sick. It was a 1986 Dodge Ram. No windows. It used to be an L- Los Angeles 
police department paddy wagon. So it had the, the, the graded thing in the back, like the whole, it was all like, so you couldn't escape. Oh, damn. My ex-girlfriend called it the paper van. Yeah, it's a yeah. straight up paper like, van. So it was like, it, it was all like barred up and everything, but then it, it was it was all built out with a bed and shelves and it's insulated and you could totally, like the, the you could pull it off, but it, it, uh, the board sat on top of the wheel wells, it boxed out the wheel wells and then the sleep slip everything underneath. There was me and a dog, like my my wolf husky dog rex and the the van and in san francisco it's the best yeah. you can sleep along the the uh the great highway that runs right there mm-hmm. and along uh, i forget the two streets that that flank the uh golden gate park but you can park there for free and sleep on that part of it and then during the day then everyone would go into the into the park and park and hang out in the freaking park and and like and I realized it's a total thing. It's a whole community of van people. Yeah, like and that's when I found out about the taller vans. Like that's when I heard, learned about the you want to be able to pull your stand up and put your put your, your pants, pants on. on. It's a big deal. It makes a big difference <laughs> when you live in your van. <laughs> I had the yeah. pro, I had the propane tank, and then I had my this I had this For I had cooking. Key, I had a keyboard stand that had like a little setup that I could I put a propane tank and a little two burner and cook up like some pasta and stuff on the side of the road. Like along the along the highway, along the roads that that sit along Golden Gate Park, and it was a total. As soon as same thing, like people are coming up. Oh, oh, it's a new guy in the in the van community. Come on, come hang out in my van and drink. Yeah, that's <laughs> so dope, dude. It's, I mean, you can take showers at the public pool. You know, like the public pool is like two dollars. That was, and you. This is, I mean, and some, and I was trying to make some money off of glass blowing, but a lot of people are just they can. They got their own little hustle, whatever it is. You make, you know, do some people into crafts, crafts. And that kind of thing, and people sell their stuff to tourists. And they live like, I mean, it doesn't seem like a, I got, I mean, it's one of those things where I think at that point I was in my 20s, I was 26 or something, uh, 25, I can't remember. And it was like after living out of your van for about six months, you're, you're like, okay. You start Simple's saying, okay, good, I'm, I'm, I'm like, simple's good, but I'm like, also, I'm like, okay, no girls want to date the homeless dude. <laughs> <laughs> it always not- comes back. No, I get it, dude. I mean, I'm a... Like, he go always out, comes back, I could, too. you know, come out of, you know, take a shower at the public pool, go out to see some video and meet some Look girl. Good. I'm like, hey, what, hey, what's up? Like, you know, you want to go back and... Hang in the hang, van? Hang in my van? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Don't worry, there's no windows. <laughs> it's, you realize, you know, it's like, okay, I got some game, but not like that much. Dude, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> like at that point in my life, I was like, but I was totally, I embraced it and lived. And then when I was in Austin, I, I, I stayed, I slept in there, but I I was I was doing a, some people had a, like a glass blowing set up and I was outside of Austin a little bit and I was teaching them how to blow glass. Yeah. And but we I used their kitchen and used their bathroom and like but then I'd just sleep in the van, which is totally fine. Comfortable. But yeah, it does. It wears after a while you want the yeah, the comforts of a house. The house life. Yeah. Hashtag house, life hashtag. <laughs> Back to house life, bro. It's 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 an event it's a good adventure and, and it's a and it's kind of a luxury in a way to be like you know Someone who I didn't come from like super poor, you know. I came my my family is, you know, lower middle class. Yeah. You know, they all like blue collar, and my dad worked for a trucking company for a long, forever, and my mom works for the school district, and and we we didn't have a lot of money, you know, but you know, 
you kind of just when you realize like the, the little social and economic like here's here's the steps that I'm at and this is what I'm comfortable with and you always kind of know that I'm going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You realize you start meeting people who live in that scene who you realize they're not going to be all right. Yeah. You know, I met people who like have AIDS, people who have uh, like terminal diseases who like and they and they're just like I like my whole nobody I lost all my friends mm-hmm. I don't have any friends anymore everybody left me like abandoned me immediately and you f- see like spiraling down for, for that for that kind of life for people where they start becoming invisible you know and where I think that because I was young I didn't I felt pretty uh, resilient were gonna be okay. I was resilient I just knew like I'm gonna be alright because I because I had the fortune of becoming you know I was educated I was able to go to college I was able to even um I don't know. It's it's a mentality somehow where you think like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm a white guy, it helps quite a bit. It helps a lot, <laughs> yes. Because then people you don't you say, hey, I need a you know I, I need a break, and someone's willing to give you a break. Where sometimes it's not so much. You know, you realize you kind of those stark contrasts of like of that privilege kind of you don't think about it so much at the time when I was young, but now I realize like it was it's, I it, it, the difference of where you're going to spiral down and where you know you're going to lift yourself out and make pretty clear. Yeah. It prepared you to be a touring musician. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the best. <laughs> I guess it's, it's something I always knew. I guess I... You know how it is. People who like to travel, tour... I love I love being on the road. I love it. Yeah. I love tra- You either I love get off on it or you don't. Yeah. Like, you can decide pretty quickly with cats. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Tim said, Tim said something you'd probably appreciate today. First of all, he's like, Steve is one of the smartest people. I, know. I loved him. Tim yeah. is the best. And then he was like, but this relates to what you just said. And you're like, I knew when a situation was getting weird or strange, I knew Steve could always handle it. Right. And like, I think this is like a, you, you have a dick. Your grad school degree is in hashtag van life. You know what I mean? You're just like, <laughs> dude, I can handle this. Like I've. I faced weirder, more fucked up shit. Like, <laughs> so there's a certain disassociation that you're just like, you know, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. Yeah. Maybe it's dumb. Maybe it's just blind, like faith. But it takes a lot to. It takes. It has to be pretty fucking chaotic for me to freak. But you're, <laughs> you're the same way. I don't like. It has to be like. It has to all be on fire. <laughs> You know, and like you know, one of the fucking like. Then you were you're like, oh my god, boats going down, waters on fire, kind of thing. Like <laughs> fucking, it's it's no, there's no, but even that's just like you know, it's where that's people who travel. I think people who kind of the, the, I guess it's hard to explain, but I, I loved him for that. He always. Uh, he was always he's always good along for the ride too. Tim's can you can he's always, always down? Yeah, yeah, he's always like ah, good. It, it helps a lot when you're with, with when you're touring with people who have the same. No, nobody I've ever like all you know all our guys like Greg and Crash and all them. It's just never they're a plus. There's never dudes. a problem. Yeah, it's just yeah. never a problem because they're the same way. They're just like okay, well, there's a little bit of trust and you're like yeah, we're, we don't have any money and it's <laughs> yeah and the, we're out of gas and we're in the middle of <laughs> fucking Poland and it's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. It will work itself out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did Steve? I'm, is the tune fiend about 
your San Francisco experiences? Isn't one of the tunes on that record? Fiend, Fiend off the record the, before off the, this right here. Yeah. yeah, off of Stranger. Fiend is about cocaine addiction. The cocaine scene in New York specifically. Uh, and okay. somewhat in New Orleans, but, you know, it was... Like it's such a pr- prominent scene here, and there's about, a coke about, scene in New York, and about <clears throat> specific friends who I know are fucking fiends. Yeah, and uh, just that—that's what that tune is about specifically. Well, as as my brother-in-law said, <laughs> dude. Doing coke only leads to doing more coke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's fucking. You're never like, oh, I'm good. It's like, oh man, there goes. Yeah, no one's ever. Like, no one wakes up in the morning and be like, oh sweet, we still got like half a bag of blow left. <laughs> never. <laughs> no one's ever said no, that. No one's. Oh, we got all this blow left. Well, that's cool. Yeah. No, that's true. And dangerous. I mean, there was specifically like when there was a time like it was probably. Maybe like a couple years into New York, and there was a place called Layla Lounge. You remember that spot over on? It's now like DBA over on North Sixth. Okay, it had this basement, and that was like that became like a, a total like Coke bar. Yeah, and and everyone knows what these are like in New York. There's always a few, everyone knows the bar. There's like a we sign, started going yeah. there, and we started like getting into it, and it was like a lot of fun. And then you realize, like, shit, there, there went, like, about a year or two of my life. Like, we didn't do fucking shit this year, you know? It's not funny. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I know what you're fucking saying. Yeah. It's a, it's a... And I see friends, and 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 that's interesting for you to say because I see friends with... There's a bar right up here in a fucking story. You know, you go in there, you see the dudes, dudes are... Shaking next year, like, oh, I know what's going on in here. Mm-hmm. I see why everybody's here till fucking four in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it can be fun, you know, but it's definitely... It's definitely fun, but it, you, uh, yeah, there's a, a void it creates, and you're like, I'm not doing anything productive, I'm you wasting gotta, money. You gotta, you gotta be, uh, hopefully you, f- you you find a, a way out of that before too long, you know? Yeah. And, and then, you know, you, f- you know, friends who just kind of don't, and after... After a while, it's like that kind of everything circles around that for them, and not not judging anybody because I'm I don't I don't try to judge anybody where they're at, but that's what that tune is about, like watching that kind of happen and try to figure out how we navigate those things. And New York's kind of you know, New York's New York like that, man. There's there's so it's sometimes you need a fucking you need to cut loose and like lose your mind for for a few months. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you got good friends that can pull you out and fucking stop you until you're fucking being an idiot. Stop. There's a Mark Merritt quote, right, where he's like, I don't trust anybody who can't lose control of their life for two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when, I, when you really think about that, though, mm-hmm. it's, like, true. You're like, this guy is wrong. So fucking tight, dude. Like, I can't trust this motherfucker. He's out to get me or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just, this guy's no co- not cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You did live in Berlin for a little while too, right? Yeah. I thought you had an interesting perspective on that, like 2012. Yeah, yeah. I thought I wanted just to stay there. Like I, I had come off a tour because I love Berlin. Berlin's the man, especially back then. At that time, it, like I, when I felt like I, I was discovering Berlin, like when I first started touring, like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. Like, like through that time where I would go to Berlin, I'm like, what? How is this? Like, this is true Bohemian city. Yeah. You know, it's got the infrastructure of a real large city where you have all these venues, all these things happening, all these fucking people and money that can support, and it's dirt cheap. 
So you can actually have artists just paying super cheap, like they're paying their $100 or whatever a month to live and create. It's like New Orleans was, you know. Yeah. But not even because New Orleans didn't really have a true infrastructure because you're really just ju- you're juicing the tourists down there if you're going to make any real money. The underground scene is great, but not all those guys' day job is like playing for the tourists. Yeah, you know if you're if you're full time musician, in New Orleans the, the rent was in Berlin the rent was so cheap, and they're just so ha- like I don't say permissive. What's the word? It's like they're just so liberal and kind of in their ways of like. You go to the boat. You go to the bodega, or whatever their version is called, the uh, spetsky, like the the night the nightcap, whatever, and uh, order a beer. And there's the bar, and the, there's the bottle opener on the the counter, and they don't. And you can go out and just drink a beer, get on the train. You're drinking, you're hanging out in the park. I don't know how how it could survive like that, you know, and just but it really just it cultivates such a great like. People from a true cosmopolitan, like people from all over, come and live there for cheap, and make art, and live for cheap, and don't have. They have a real thing there, you know, like a real scene. I don't know what else to compare it to, except maybe Paris in the, the twenties or something. Yeah, know? yeah. It's gotten more expensive, but I was so attracted to that that I lived. I said, you know, I'm staying. I'm gonna stay and just make me i haven't since since i lived in new orleans and just blew glass and played music had i really su- survived just playing music here i have to always you know like most new yorkers you have to do something else you got to do something else the service industry or whatever just to, to, to pay the rent because it's so freaking expensive i was like i was so attracted i'm like i'm gonna do this and then after about three months like after the summer was over i'm like I fucking miss New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss I miss my friends. Yeah. I miss bullshitting with people in English. Yeah. Even though ever they can all speak English like fluently. Um, but I can't speak German fluently. Yeah. And the nuances of language and the nuances of like fucking shooting the shit with your friends, that's what I like to do. And yeah. it's just I met a lot of cool people, I made a lot of friends and I had a really good time, but I think at a certain point I just realized that's it. I'm like, that's that. The previous album, "Stranger in a Stranger Land," is about that. That experience. That stranger was that song. Stranger, you know, is about I'm a stranger here, and you know, kind of feeling that, like just feeling out of place. I didn't feel home, you know, like America, like being a, you know, being in New York, being somewhere where it's like my culture. And it's just kind of how it was, and I kind of came to terms with that. I don't think I can just live here and be uh, this expat kind of guy. Yeah. I, I just couldn't do it. And so I came back and um, I've been paying for it ever since. <laughs> now I pay my, you know, I, I still can't survive being a musician full time, but I like, I like my friends. I like being in New York. I like American, I like New York culture. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get, Steve, I I haven't been in New York like all summer and I spend one full day back in New York. I'm like, I see why we like to leave New York and go to other places, but That's this it. is where I want to live. That's you it. know what I mean? Like, this is it. This yeah. is this is where living happens. I forget my friend was Sarah Bowman, I think, was telling me the only way to live in New York is to live outside of it. You know, yeah. to, to always be tra- to always be leaving, <laughs> always be leaving. <laughs> always, That's a great a- quote. Yeah. ABL, I don't know what it is. It's um, so always be leaving New York. But come back. But if you can get out of this, like touring two times a year, perfect. It's like the perfect amount. If I can be out of this, out of the city three months of the year, 
Uh, it's kind of a good balance. You're always psyched when you're here, then. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're always psyched. But if you if you do like a, if, I actually haven't been on tour for a bit now because we skipped last year doing this album. So I'm itching definitely. Like after been in, I have, I have not had the money to to go traveling at all. I think I went. I, I can't even remember. I think I went to Rockaway, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm out of here for you know, like <laughs> the, the, the most the most I've traveled in the last twelve months." Finally getting out. So you know how it is. You've been upstate. Where are you at? You said well, you've just been out? like just even just gigs, dude. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Like corporate bullshit gigs. But it was like I was mm. in Cape Cod. I was in the Bahamas and L.A. And you leave and you go do the thing. Yeah. And you're like, "Whoa, this is so great. The weather." But then you come back to New York, like. Whatever weather, dude. It's my friends. It's the oh yeah, everything. You, you know, know, Crash. He's always like every time he's down in Mexico, he's like, dude, I'm buying a house down here. I'm staying down. Here. I'm like, dude, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna go for fucking one month, and then you're It'd gonna be, be like, fucking like chewing on the palm tree bark. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like you're not. You're gonna go fucking crazy. You're, you're crazy. You can't down be in there, paradise dude. forever. Yeah, it's meant to be a retreat. You know, when you go. I mean, I know people grow up in that culture and that's their life. But from people who don't, you go there, like, the idea of, like, like a ham, like, once you're, like, in that hammock for, like, a certain amount of time, I, I start losing it. I'm like, what are we doing? How are we going to get into a bunch of trouble right now? There's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are, like, nobody's got really trouble. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's happening here. Like, okay, I need to get back and, like, like, I like the... I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I, I can't relax in one of these places for more than a month or two. So then, Steve, let's talk about this new record because that doesn't look like New York. Another day blown bright. What that's is right. this? What is this one about then? So this had a lot of tribute to the Southwest. I really this was oh. the artwork that we did for this was uh, like I wanted it to be like a Southwest road trip. So I, I I did a lot of like back to it. Like that was actually more back to like roots you know wanting to get back to kind of feeling like family and like being like like close with the people that um you know that i kind of missed and loved back there and and so the so the cover of this like i saw this and i really wanted this whole like abandoned i wanted this desolate like kind of um decrepit uh like southwest vibe like i loved like tr doing road trips with my dad as a kid like we played um and this love i always was so attracted to like an uh, old hotel like an old motel in the middle of the desert where the where it's like you can tell it just was never it had its little heyday or whatever and then it's gone and then it's like the swimming pool's been drained for mm -hmm. like years and the and the, all the stuff's all run down, and like there's nobody there. It ha I just there's something about that kind of like the Southwest, like lonesome, like abandoned, um, like like mall parking lot, like that. The mall has that's been shut down for ten years, kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. overgrown. I just I don't know what it is, but I lo always loved that as a uh, when I was younger. And so I wanted to have the kind of the art part of it. Uh, reflect that and then um, who took all these pictures uh, these we pulled like some so some of them is like my one of my best friends Christopher Lamarca did uh, one of the photos in there um, the my buddy Kevin who's a photographer friend of mine did an, I, I pulled one of his photos I was going to do this whole other series of like all like 
deserted like 80s motels. Yeah. But I think that my graphic design guy, Miko, kind of helped guide me and my other buddy, Nathan Pickett, who's a visual artist, and my buddy Chris, who's like visual guys. He's like, make it more like, let's tell us more of a story with it. So when you like flip through the pages there. Of the, Which I just the, did. They're so the, the, beautiful, the booklet, Steve. Yeah. Like, it's like photos of kind of being along that. So I wanted to have that like, feeling. Yeah, this I gas love. station in the middle of the desert. Yeah, like I've I only know. been in here a few times in my life. You know what I mean? Like I love that feeling. And you're just like, what is this? It has something really magical to me. So that that was kind of, and then it's one old. of the songs that we, I, the the last song on the album, another, uh, it's called Another Disguise. Mm-hmm. That is where the lyrics from it come, and I kind of matched. They actually wrote that song after seeing the cover that I wanted. Oh yeah, and then that's, you that's know, interesting. It's like uh, the, the visual inspired the Sonic. Yeah, yeah I had this, uh, and it was, and some of it was inspired, uh, inspired from. Um, there's a chapter in um, another. Uh, what's it called? Uh, that pen book, um, uh, All the King's Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has this chapter where he drives out to L.A. and then drives back just to like clear his head completely and he goes and he stays in this motel and this light kind of things so it had this uh, lyric that's you know Shim- shimmer like a motel sign bottle on the bed no dream tonight another day blown bright another disguise mm. and that's where that kind of that song another disguise is all about kind of like hiding our, our own selves from ourselves and from other people you know and trying to move through the world of like how we have to always these different kind of disguises we wear and these different things so that song's all about that and then I took that and and kind of coupled it with that and that's how we did the the artwork part of it mm. I like the how it's overexposed like when you're trying to like you're trying to overcorrect a photo, a photo that's underexposed like it's too dark yeah. and you blow it out and it gets all this weird shit that happens to it yeah. I love that you know, and it's like an overcorrection where you're trying to take an image and you're trying to make it into something that's a bad situation. You're trying to pump positivity into it, but you distort it. <laughs> yes. I really like that feeling, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I like that kind of um, idea of, of an image for the art and for the kind of to run across the theme of the, the album, which is some of it just like working through kind of a breakup I went through a year ago and through... Um, through just like you know what we all go through like just the kind of taking the the good shit and all the all the stuff that we have to deal with and trying to push it into push it into a positive thing and yeah. not and you don't always it's yeah it's positive but it's all I'm trying. but you but you, I'm dis- trying. but you dis- <laughs> but you distort what the tr- but what you distort with the the light by doing it and you kind of make things uh it's a surreal it's a kind of the surreal thing that we we live with you know, yeah, in in our day to day, and that's that's what a lot of that that um, this album I feel like I wanted to capture with it. You know, mm. it's beautiful. That lyric was beautiful. The idea. I, I was listening to this track the first thing this morning, man. Back to back to it, and um, I've experienced something similarly like that, where I'm like returning to the music I was checking out. I was younger. I'm wearing the jeans I was wearing from then, and like. Returning to this kind of roots thing, mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. maybe this longing for the Southwest. You know, you've been an East Coaster for so long now. Yeah, you know, and so much just back to, you know, that moment when it's kind of like the moment of clarity thing, where you're just because a lot of the beginning is all about, you know, um, being like 
uh, debaucherous, like self-destructive, like kind of pushing through into like falling forward through the night. That's kind of one of the lyrics off of that. Uh, getting like fucked up in New York. It's what some of that, the music video we did for the same thing. Like getting, it's all about getting kind of like that scene, and you're pushing through like this, like kind of burying your consciousness sometimes when you have to, and then you, that moment where you just realize like. You sometimes need that to fight your way into realizing, like, I just need to get back to the thing I've always known. Yeah. I've known that I need to be, that I know that I need to do. Like, you've known it since you were a kid. Like, that that kind of, I like that realization where you always come back to that, whoever it is. And sometimes you have to come back to it many, many times before you actually make the decisions to do, to follow through with it. To actually do it, yeah. yeah but But you, sometimes you have to get yourself all, you have to kind of, mess with your consciousness in order to kind of bear it like get yourself back to the to the the that really kind of sharper like subconscious part of you that will tell you like you're not doing this right you're not living a good life you shouldn't be in this relationship you shouldn't be in this friendship you shouldn't be doing this job you shouldn't be doing that that career you shouldn't be living in in this you know circumstances or whatever it is and that that's what i wanted to kind of capture with that that particular song yeah that's cool. It's a cool concept. It's a it's a mature concept too. Yeah, it's I like guess so. uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think anybody can relate to it. I think anybody can relate to it because I know so many young people who like fetishize their youth so much, and I and this is like feels like a very mm. modern thing. I'm like, what? Mm. You're 21 years old, and your promo shot is you as an eight year old. Like, no one even knows what you look like now. I don't, so that's a very specific is that thing that happens. Yeah, it's like, dude, what? You know. A pop star can do that. Justin Timberlake could do that. You can't mm. do that, dude. No one even knows what you look like now. I don't know. This is something mm. I've thought about. Oh, I should start doing that. Maybe <laughs> you as a little <laughs> kid. <laughs> I mean, how do you think that? What, it's like maybe social media amplifies the shittiness of life quicker for mm. adolescents, and they're like, "Oh man, fuck! Take me back to when I didn't know." You have to know someone for a really news. long time before they share a kid photo with you. Like this was me and my family. Like, you know that? Like time, it's like your right? it's like your like your good friends. You're like, oh yeah, I do want to see your the photo of like when you were. Isn't that cute? Oh my god, I can see that you were just as adorable. Like this, yeah. I can see the, the I see your face. Yeah, I can see, see the mischief that in your person. Eye. Yeah, yeah, I can see that photo of you crash when you're. You know that that uh, I like about with my friends, strangers. I don't want to fucking see a kid. What am I that seems a shit. weird. That seems weird, right? Like I don't want to look at a little kid, dude. We're looking at an adult. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you speak the truth. And that's why it was it was hard for me to understand. Like these fresh out of college, and they're putting. A, I'm like, that's I don't even know what you look like, and that's I don't know, man. So it's interesting. Maybe that maybe this is a, like a you know how there would be like a German word. Remember when we were in Germany and we we're had been in the car and we told the I, this is the, we told the woman at the hostel we were just like it's been in the car a long time and traffic was crazy and then she said a German word and we were like of course there's a German word for like everything you know yeah. what I mean it's like there's maybe a German word for this what the internet is doing to the youth mind or something you know what I mean and like uh, uh huh yeah you know like they're they're discovering what you wrote about in that track 10 years earlier, I don't know. I don't know. They're like, why am I not eight? Instead, I'm 24 and life sucks. I don't know. You know, and we're like, dude, we're late 30s, early 40s. It's like, I'm not trying to get back to eight. I'm trying to get back to like my, what, what period of yourself? 
Eight-year-old? I don't know. You answer that question, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, Kinder Javentava. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that describes... Yeah, I mean, yeah. amazing language that right. it is. Yeah. It's always... There's always some word combined, a bunch of words. Like, Six oh, words come yeah, together. When yeah. you are thinking of child like yourself, that is a distortion of what you you wish you could have now. Yeah. I'm Kindersteibenheisen. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. We have, oh, no, no, we no, have no, a word for no, that. Yeah, actually, no, this yeah. is Kindersteibenheisen. Yeah. I don't know. That's um, that's a beautiful concept. I love now. This see, this puts this whole because your your music too is always like so self reflective for me. I don't. Yeah, when I listen is. to it, it's like I, I, I feel. I feel the feelings. I feel feelings. You know what I mean? I'm like, God damn it, Steve! You're bringing this out of me, man. I'm not trying to fucking cry right now. You know, like. Yeah, there's probably a little. You know, I've had a lot of like, especially Germans who are very honest. They're like. I really like the album. It's very sad. Are you sad? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it's not that sad. I'm like, yeah, but I, I've always, you know, I like, I like minor tonalities. I like kind of the melancholy. Like I like pulling on that stuff that feels something. You make you feel something. You know? Yeah. I, I can't really relate to like. Tonight we're gonna party. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna meet all our friends at the bar tonight. I don't have any of those tunes. That's not your 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 artistic persona. Yeah, I feel like I could. I feel like I need to join a pop band that I can make a bunch of money and we can do those songs. Me and you should do this. <laughs> we could just project. write, just like about going to the club, and making making like how great we are and how much fun we are and like how hot the girls are and how much like the cool car it is and how much everyone loves us at at the the you know that kind of stuff and like pump it up and sell the fucking shit we should do this yeah don't maybe we should cut the cut the recording here like cut if we were we should be talking about this in the a, tracks yeah. yeah we should be talking maybe in private i don't want to give too many people ideas on this but this would be i think a good idea oh it's a great project and then but we'll have a i don't want it to know what's you know, like because it's completely superficial, and we're just we're just just, doing, just to sell just for the cash. Yeah, cash cow, <laughs> cash cow. It's a great band name. <laughs> cash cow, dude. I love it. That's a it's great just band name. The name of the band is yeah. the name of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole project, cash cow. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down with this idea, but I but I don't. I can never. You know how it is. Is you have to if you're going to go out and tour and play it, and people are going to expect you support it. You're going to have to believe in what you're saying, or else you're going to fucking hate yourself. Yeah, I've had friends of mine who are who do really well and who've kind of like did exactly that. Kind of made some decisions that were very pop music, and I won't. You know, doesn't matter who you know. You know those people. Too. I know who the names and, you are and, that and you're talking like, about. Yeah, and it's like, it, and it's, and I totally love and respect certain folks, but I, and, but, but and. In confidence, they're like, Steve, I fucking hate my fans. You know? It's like, I, I tour around and I do this, and I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't like these people I'm performing for because I basically created a, uh, created music of that is, is feeding towards people that I don't like, or I don't yeah. care about, or maybe it doesn't, you know, it has to be so nasty, but it's definitely like, you, you when you have to go out and support an album you don't like, you're that's hell that's hell for a musician that seems like the worst thing you know that seems like the that's like the cir- that's like the circle of hell like that's the punishments of like 
you have to for eternity support that album that you did not believe in, <laughs> and you yeah. did it because the producer and the label were like, they "We need a fucking, up. we need a single, and this we is yeah, yeah, like you're you're using these lyrics and you're using this, you know, this chord progression, and we're gonna make it cookie cutter, mm, fucking McDonald's, good. just feed it to the motherfuckers, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, some some people can, and some people can believe in it too, and that's cool because there is some great pop stuff that I love. There is. I feel like sometimes you know those cats at that level, and you meet them, and they are like kind of bubbly and cheesy and a little fake, and you're like, no, you are your music. Yeah. You know? It's, totally there's no hiding who you are. But there are the people you're talking about, too, where I'm like, this is not who you are. This is this is you trying to make fans and be seen and be known. You know, like, you're addicted to the, to the cash cow. Yeah. You know? No, I know. You know when when the label is paying for it too. They're like, we're we're spending the the hundred thousand dollars on your music, and now you're this is what you're doing. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense to me. It does. Yeah, you're just a you are. I'm in some sense the label's the artist, and you're a a member of their band. Mm-hmm. They're you're a performer that you're the instrument, and they're making this. They have a bottom thing. line. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I'm doing, and you're you're doing it, and we're gonna make. You're going to be great. You're going to have a lot of fans and it's going to be fun, but yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so, what's the future? I always ask a couple questions. Sure. Right? What is, what's coming in the future? Another After this album? A year of touring? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we, have a, we have a show coming up. I should probably talk about it. I don't know if it's talk right. about it. Uh, September 25th. Mm-hmm. That's two weeks from tonight at Come On Everybody. You've been there, right? You played. You yeah, ever played? Yeah. Come on, everybody. I played there. I like that. It's on spot. Franklin Ave uh, in Bed Stuy, and Chris Cubetta and his band are playing. That's a- uh, um, so it's a Studio G presents. So the Studio G is presenting it, and uh, another band called Fat Heaven, which is like a punk group mm-hmm. that also re- has recorded at uh, Studio G. Great, great group. They're a lot of fun, and we, it's a benefit for uh, Brooklyn Community Pride Center, which is down in Bed Stuy. And they do a lot of support for for local LGBTQ. So all the money goes there. And they, they do fundraisers and organize events to help promote and support, like, you know, for everything from AIDS testing for free and, like, helping people kind of no judgment help that community out. So that's the show is a benefit for them. And it's on the 25th of September. It's a Wednesday. And it's those three bands. I think we... Doors at like seven. Yeah, it's like early, right? Yeah. Doors at seven. Music goes on at eight. Um, and then we probably go on at like eleven ish, ten forty five, eleven kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's our that's our our album release. That's when it's going out to the world in New York, and they've just already released it digitally out there in Europe. But then then our tour, which kicks off, supports it there. But that's our should that's a make sure show. I let, let people know about that one for yeah. sure. And then you fly. Do you rehearse a band in Germany, or you bring some American cats? <clears throat> this time it's a, this time it's a German band. Some friends of mine over there, great players. Mark, Mark can't do it. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I, I wish uh, Boimer was gone. He's the, a man. Yeah. The French Nazi. Yep. The Frazzi. But he can't do it. Um, but it's all like all young cats. Like it's gonna be a good band. It's like all kind of like. Um, uh, Greg Tuohy's like one of his guys that he knows who recomm- he we've recommended because Greg Tuohy's on tours with uh, Aaron Parks all the time now. Yeah, and 
and they're they're doing very well. It's the same thing. It's like you know you get these great people playing with you, and then like oh yeah, cool. Well, you know, same thing with like Tim and Kirk. They're going on like oh you know Jeff Akers, you know, we're playing like fifteen festivals. Uh, each of them are having like forty thousand people. I don't know if I want to. I would love to go on tour with you. Yeah, of course. And it's play like, for yeah, yeah. you know from fifty to two hundred people a night. But I they they pay, I can't really afford to 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 lose money on a on your tour or just break even. Yeah. Or make a thousand dollars max. Yeah. We don't make a ton. I mean, we make something. You make they, some and money. They, they get more. They've gotten better and better. But all joking. I mean, I'm just kind of joking around. But that's kind of. Um, you know how it is with the. You're 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 one of the best like guys out there these days. Uh, for how, did I see you on a? Were you on like the? Were you on? Um, was it was Stephen Colbert? Were you on the? Did I, I see on, you on? I got to be on Colbert. Yeah, you got to be on Colbert. And you meet yeah. him. I got to shake his hand. It was pretty special. Yeah, I know that sometimes the magic dust comes. You know what I mean? But that sounds fun. It was fun, but yes, I, I, dude, Steve, I get it. I try to do your own music. You're like, all right, who the fuck can do it? Yeah, just getting younger and younger. You're like, all right, dude, what are you? Seventeen? Oh yeah, I just need someone with a bass. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the, I think the, the, ba- the, bassist. I mean, I sent him some of the, you know, the media and stuff. Like the bass is like, oh, this is my. Fr- I've never done one of these tours. I'm like, sweet. This is gonna be awesome. Perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> no matter what happens, that you're gonna he's be gonna, fucking stoked. He's gonna be loving it. It's gonna be great. Everyone remembers their first like when you get to go out on a full band tour as you know at whatever Bro, whatever age that it is. is it's just living. It's a dream. Yeah, it's the, it, it's so much fun. I'm so I'm really excited to have these guys, and they're all like sick fucking players. That's so, great. So it'll be good. Yeah, dude. And are you gonna do? You said like, is there gonna be some Switzerland? Or is it Austria? Not this time. Like we did, we did that last tour, but this tour, tour it's just Belgium and Germany. Yeah, which it seems to be like our kind of fallback to. We have a new booking agency actually. We've Olaf helped out a little bit, but we have a new agency as well mm-hmm. that the label kind of hooked us up with. So it's, I've never done. We're playing venues I've never played before. Should be oh, interesting. That'll be great, dude. Yeah, they pay well, and they're. They seem to. I'm curious to see what happens. I've never done worked with these guys, but he's been doing a great job. Like happy with the uh, happy with. What, I'm looking at the lineups and stuff. I'm like, oh, that looks fun, dude. It's gonna be sick. It's gonna be sick. So then, after all this, I'll play people out with died on the way. Is this? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is this is a heavy track. Another heavy track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, all right, I'll let Steve like, tell us about this track. Like, That's a, a, a friend of mine who OD'd in, in New Orleans. Mm. Yeah. And and then, you know, you t- tie with, like, at that same time, uh, not too long after that, then Katrina happened, and then another friend, like, lost him, and then another friend uh, took his own life. And there was, a, there was a time period there that was pretty dark. I had lost a lot of kind of close friends. And everyone has. You know, everybody's oh, lost. Yeah. Everybody's lost a friend, so it's Anybody not it's not unique in that. But I think that at that particular moment, where the how heavy that was, like on our circle, our community of friends, like the reckoning it kind of did, like to realize, oh, this is this is like this is what happens when you you go this way. Yeah, you know, this hard, and people you lose people like that, and it's not from. 
you know, in a car accident from them making decisions to kill themselves. And so that was that's what this tune's about. Oh, yeah, it's uh dude, everybody's gone through it and in all the ways you just described, right? Like a friend of mine from college. Man, dude, the dude you you would look at him and like he's living the best life. He has mm. a beautiful family, mm-hmm. a kid, great gigs, mm-hmm. great gigs, bro, professional guitar player. Just took his own life. Mm. We're all just like, yeah. I don't know. I it, mm. it just leaves people with questions. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you're right. No one is uh, exempt. Death and taxes, I suppose. Right? Yeah. Like it's, no, oh and, it's, and it does. You, it's it's kind of one of those things where we go on and go on each day, and then it's just like something like that happens, and it happens. You know, it happens to everyone, and then you just you have that reflection, that time where you're just like, oh, life is fucking a little just a little blip yeah like we're, we're we are it's, it, it's over like that and you're not even paying attention that you are not even you're not even you're not even realizing how the things you're focusing on and what you're trying to get done in the world how fucking stupid and meaningless it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you're fucking alive and you're like this is and it's not it doesn't last long at all even no. if you even if you're even if you're you know Trying to be really successful and healthy, like like it can happen anyways, and that's it. You know, people get people. You know, this is nothing that's any anything specific to me. Then it's just to everybody. And when you when you start when you lose people and you start talking about it and you meet other, it's like everyone has that story. Every single person. Knows Every it. single person. Has yeah, story. everybody has lost someone really close to them, and that's that's kind of the. I wanted to try to get that in the in that uh feeling that we it's 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 um it's all kind of a just a thing that's not it's and it makes you just hopefully the idea is that you fucking live it better because of it you know yeah embrace the present yeah. moment a little like, bit better good. yeah, yeah. fucking pay attention like, <laughs> take a fuck, look around. You're like, this is this is as good as it's gonna get. Yeah, you know, like whatever you think you're trying to, what you you're working towards, that's not what it's. You know, it's now. This is it. This is about. This is as good as it's gonna fucking get. <laughs> like, it's no, you're not working your way towards. Oh, if I just had this thing, it's all bullshit. It you is. Know, you know. Yeah. No, just, just you and me in this this room having a fucking blast. You have a great view here, by the way, overlooking the whole skyline. This room is fucking massive. I don't know how you can afford this. Like, that's, is that, is that the Chrysler building? This is fucking massive fucking skyline views you have in here. It's sick. <laughs> great. Oh, damn, bro. Come on, man. Uh, You're doing well. Good. You're doing well here. Right? I know. This is I'm like, huge. Like, it's like, what is this, like 2,000 square feet? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking sprawling. The ceilings here. This is fucking amazing. Just you and me. I don't know how you afford. <laughs> this is just my recording studio. Wow, spot. that's sick, dude. How do I afford this? <laughs> I feel like a baller in this room, bro. My buddy has the whole top floor, and oh, he yeah. has the roof spot. Oh yeah. So we can go out there and. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Uh, peep it, but um, no, I got the uh, I got the sweaty closet in the basement. You know, did that. I'm gonna drink the. We went unbalanced on the beers here, but that's okay. That's fine. 
you have to host. You have to be in charge. You're like the designated driver. No, I kind of am. Yeah, I, I have to like keep it together a little bit. I can't. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need you to be mm-hmm. spilling your guts mm-hmm. on the mic like mm-hmm. you already are in, in a beautiful, poetic way. I, I love listening to you speak. That is deep, man. It's true. I mean, God, now I want to hear you talk about every song on the record. You know what I mean? Just July you did. That's a re-record, yep. right? Yeah, it is. That's one of the two songs that we had from a previous EP. That never Make, ma- you, that, make that, you Mine with the other way? No, um, the one that's called uh, No Light Above You, mm-hmm. which was originally titled uh, Only Way Out Is Through. We did it new. And then July, we also kind of re-recorded. We wanted to have it a little different, um, which is kind of the more, it's like the major tonality. It's like the upper, uh, the more positive, like upbeat tune. It's kind of like my Paul Simon, like yeah, having that kind of poppy, little, fun, lighter kind. Yeah, of Yeah, it is. It's kind of a sum, it's it's written from a summertime perspective, like playing music with musician friends, songwriter scene in the backyards, hanging out, and everyone's passing the guitar around and singing songs. I wanted to write a song that would be the song I could play in the backyard, hanging out with the other songwriters. Oh, uh, that's But funny. I couldn't. But I couldn't play. I can't finger pick. So I wrote the parts on the piano that I wanted to do, and then we wrote that, and that's all about hanging out. In the summertime in New York, yeah, that's oh, that's so cool. Because I remember that tune. I was like, oh man, he put this back mm-hmm. on here. What about "No Light Above You"? Then what is that one? Is that kind of that's actually a New Orleans tune? Tune that's like hanging out. Uh, that's an older one that got brought back to life. You know, um, you know, I watched my baby walk all the way from Bartholomew across the railroad line. You know, that's all about living in New Orleans. Um, you know, junkies, Junkie Jake had ink on his face. He loved a gutter girl wasted on Listerine. You know, that's, that's all the fun stuff. That's all the fun New Orleans stuff. My buddy Mac Taylor actually helped me write the lyrics for that one. A poet friend of mine in New Orleans who I loved. Yeah. Like my best friend there. And so we, I went back to New Orleans some years uh, after I'd moved away, and him and I wrote that tune together. Mm-hmm. He gets partial, he gets half the credit on, oh, on the lyrics true. for that one. That was a fun tune to write. How, what is your, uh, something I always talk about with my writers, what is your, what is your usual writing process, Steve? Is it like lyrics? Is it I, you know, music? some people are lyrics first. Like, I can't really do that as much. Like, like a Dylan thing where he's just like writing, there's no music. He's just writing. He's, he's got the meter in his head of writing, you know. I, I've written some like that, like Stranger from Stranger and Strangerland. That I wrote walking around Berlin just in my head, like the because it has kind of that old traditional uh, folk pat uh, uh, structure, mm-hmm. you know. I am a stranger here, and then it comes back to each time, uh, it coming back to. Um, it's a very much kind of a Bob, like, and Bob Dylan is very much like an Arlo Guthrie, very much like that old folk stuff. Like that's a very structured that way, and you can write in that way without an instrument. But most of the time, I'm I'll have a melody, and then I find the progression, and then I'm playing along with the piano or guitar and playing something simple, and then the melody comes up. And a lot of times, it's more like um, like a, the way that a lot of musicians, like Paul. Um, McCartney or them talk about where it's like scrambled eggs, scrambled eggs, scrambled eggs, scrambled eggs. You know, they they have fake words mm-hmm. to a melody they hear, and then later on it becomes let it be, let it be, let it be. You know, that's that's more of uh, I, I 
respect and wish I could be more like like a, like a Tom Waits who's just writing straight poetry and then like the music comes later. A lot of times for me, the music comes first. Yeah, so I write the mu- I write the music. I hear the melody. I usually ha- there's like a lot. Li- there's usually like some kind of line, lyric or something that kind of pokes its way out, and then it's the the um, anthropological work of like dusting off and trying to find what's hiding underneath yeah, there. Yeah, what is this song yeah, really like about? Like, what's it what about? You're like, you're, yeah. it's hopefully already there. You know when it happens. You know when you feel it. Like, this is going to be something, and then you're just like uncovering it and taking all the dirt and stuff away from the outside edges and like finding what's buried under there. Yeah. That's the idea when it's, it does well, when it's good. You know. Yeah. And then sometimes they don't go anywhere, and it's like they just die. They sit in the trash bin of all the other tunes that never make it out there past the, the one little line you had. But that's usually how it starts for me. It's like a single line, a melody against a certain chord progression, and then I hear it and move from there. Do you do little, like, recordings or... Yeah. I or play. Just... A lot of times it's just me and, and like, recording on my, my phone or something. But I, yeah. have a, I have that studio over at Our Wicked Lady... And a lot of the stuff for this album, I was I spent a lot of time in the studio, just like kind of like in this like I'll play like I'll put a track up like a drum, I'll make a drum track or something like that, so I can have something, something to work give you against. Energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just by myself, everything's super fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's just me and piano, it's always like, why? Well, you know, it's just so super melancholy. So I like to have like some kind of, and I can't have like if I, my dream was I'd be like. Oh, Hey, come and just drum back, you know, backbeats for me to work off of. No one wants to do that. So you get, I'll, I'll track with friends, and then I might take those and loop them, and then take those ideas and and work off of them, and then bring them to Greg Tui, who will always take them and turn them into something more interesting. Yeah, he's like a crucial part of your writing yes, process. Absolutely. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he deserves all that credit because he does. He's a great. He's so good at that. The taking is like, okay, well, how about instead of doing that kind of like normal thing like how about we do, like do this, this this weird, weird like yeah, strange like uh, this time signature against this and make it like this part and I'm like oh yeah and then we could do this and then we bounce off we work really well together we've been writing together for like 10 years now so he's he's like my writing partner yeah I think to the non-musicians that might be something that's like lost in that your music is Really involved and really, it's a whole band. Advanced, yeah. It's not. It's, 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 it's not me. It's not it's, some if, jam if, band if it's, shit. If it's solo, Steve Waite, it's like if it was just me writing and me performing. Like it'd be something cool, but it's it's when I bring in the band. Like I bring in these musicians. You've, that's the nice thing about New York, right? You find the sickest people, like there's who are my friends also, but yeah. the best fucking musicians. Yeah, and you're like, hey, do you want to? Like, work on this tune? I'm like, oh, cool. And then they just turned it into an awesome, like, it changes it completely. There's so many, every, I mean, it's almost every single song. Like, I play back what it was originally and what it, be, it turned into. Yeah. It's the trans, the transformation is because it touches all these people's hands and heads and hearts, you know, and the, and Chris Cubetta and uh, Gary Arturo who produce, like, all these people involved in it. I mean, people. I think people know that, but maybe they don't. They always think, "Oh, wow, what a this one person's doing." I'm not doing. I'm not doing. I'm doing my little part. I'm doing yeah. like I write the lyrics. I write some of the melodies. I have like, a lot of the starting parts. I, I start off. I'm like the match head, striking it. And I start it, but then I get there's all these people that turn it into actual what what it is. Like it's a representation of an entire band. Like and all the people like Josh Dion and Chris. Morrissey and 
and Greg and those guys deserve as much credit for these. I've always was like, well, we should call it. We've had so many. Did we have a band name when we were touring? Like we, uh, Steve Wait Band, maybe. But I, I had like a different. We were gonna. We were touring as. A, Oh, your first tour in Germany was a band or something, right? Well, I, I I always try to make another name. I'm always like Steve Wade and the and the Rolling Blackouts. I think was the last one. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> like, like I always want to have a band name because I always think it's cooler because I want it to feel like it's a band. But then I always get um, kind of chopped by the the people who are making helping me make money off of it, like the label and this. I'm like, you've already branded your name for like ten years. Like, you can't be just changing. If you want to do a side project, a different project, and you have a band name, have fun, yeah. that's the thing. But if you're going to all of a sudden call it a different band, unless you're really big, it's hard to do that, you know. I mean, yeah. I'd like to be, you know, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers or something like that. But I don't have a cool – I don't have a uh, an and a thing right now. It's just been my name. I'm kind of following, like uh, – other people that I like, like Tom Waits doesn't have to, but you know that Mark Rabot always plays guitar with him. Like the people who know, they're like, yes, and it's this musician, and it's and this, this musician, has a and it's this musician. It. Yeah. You know, same way with like, you know, Nick Cave. You know, like these are the people that are making his band, like or touring with him now because my band does change, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where it is. Where you're not gonna, you can't have it always be. You can't have it be a band name and then you're changing people out all the time. Maybe you can. I don't know. But I, it's it's turned into like I hope people get that it's me and then pay attention to what musicians I'm playing with right now because that's what's happening now. And I hope that I can always be transforming myself and changing who I am by writing from where I'm at now and bringing in the musicians I'm bringing in now. Of course. It's not the same. You know what it is. It's not the same. It's, it'll never that's be what the music, same. Yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what that's collaborative music it's the only art form that's collaborative, except maybe theater or something like that. But it's the only one that you're actually in the moment creating together something. And that's the, that's the beauty of music. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Making, I, making music with my friends. That's the best thing you can do. I can relate times 1,000, man. Yeah, exactly. Because I always like, wrote music with other people and was in bands, just like your Gable's connection. Gables, you're, you know, <laughs> Gage's, Gage's attic. Fernando Gage. Fernando Gage. Fernando. Right? Like, you that's how hear? you learned how to make music with your buddies, and you did your job, and mm-hmm. you're still doing it. And you've obviously changed and grown, and that's the same way I make music. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I, even though I have this sprawling pad where I come and fucking look at the Chrysler building. It is pretty amazing. It's amazing. I, I can't really actually write alone in here. It's like, same shit, man. Mm. Nothing really cool. I d- none of that shit I want to put out in the world. You know what I mean? I can sit here on the keys and sing some bullshit, and I'm like... You have an idea, or you can work out an idea. Yeah, you get ideas. I call this like a creation station. I wish I it was a real yeah. studio. I wish I had Cubetta's skills, but it's I'm not that guy, you know, so... And that's what getting back to it is, you know what I mean? You yeah. gotta figure out, okay, what, what can I do? Like, Yeah. That's it, really. Yeah. Figure out what you're good at. I, I think it was, uh, I always liked that quote from, um, uh, fuck, I'm just drawing blanks all of a sudden. Um, Billy Corbin. He said uh, something I, 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 when I was younger, like in my late, like early The 20s, drummer, Billy Corbin. No, no, the Billy lead, Corbin, lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Billy Corbin. Billy no, Corbin. Yeah, Corbin, yeah. right. Um, do what you can do. Some do. Do something that no one else can do. 
and do it the best you can do it. That's the way to be successful. Because anybody can be, and I had people like who had kind of told me too, like when I was playing jazz piano and I really wanted to get good, but I didn't really have the the discipline to spend 12 hours a day in the, in the rehearsal Shit, space. Yeah. I just was not that guy. And I remember my jazz piano player, uh, teacher, who's great, Gary Versailles, who's who, who now in New York, and he's sick. You can still go see him everywhere. He said, you know, there's enough people who can, like, smoking, who can, like, play those that, that kind of speed or that kind of chops. Like, you have something that's interesting. Do what you can do that no one else can do. And I've heard that so many times from musicians who I really respect. It's like it's not about being, like emulating something if once you figure out what you can do that no one else can do just become the best at that and then you have something to bring to a band yeah then you can then you can have something that's unique that you can do then then it's then it feels like an art then you're doing something original that you can that you can um believe in and like really put your energy into other than that it it feels like you're just kind of you know sometimes you just kind of go into the motions of how can i be the best at what this person did you know, how can I, and I think a lot of that's when you're younger, right? You just try to get the, how can I, you know, you try to learn note for note this song or that song. I want to be just like this, just like that. But at a certain point, I think every artist kind of says, you turn and like, well, you know, I have all these influences from all these other things. And this is what I can do that no one else can do. Yeah. You discover your true self. Yeah. You get and, back to it. Yeah. No. No, that's true. It is true. And you see it with younger cats and like, they're like. Learning every Van Halen, like you're like, that's cool, man. But we already have Van Halen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we already got him. Dude, finger tapping's sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I. Love but you know, you know how it is. But and even the people who, but you have to respect the people who can can technically do all those things because that's what it is, right? The people who can technically do all this crazy shit because they learn it and they they learn exactly how to do it. Every great artist has to learn the method before, you know, the technique before, then you can forget the technique. Yeah. I mean, learn the, let your hands do all those things that you have to learn all of the, the great stuff and then you forget it and then you make your own thing. So I'm not, I'm I'm not putting down anyone who like studies how to fucking play music well. No, no, absolutely not. No. And I agree. Because punk doesn't mean, just because you're just being like, Dado kind of art like I'm well I just want to be I'll just play two chords really loud and thing yeah that only goes so far too yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's good to learn your scales and you gotta shit. check the shit out <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's true I'm not there are cats who can just literally nail that shit I, I was gonna make a joke and say oh those are well, those are what called broad beam musicians you know what I mean like the mm. cats or mm-hmm. like a studio cat mm-hmm. you know where like you're just like, dude, you're you're a guitar playing or you're piano playing, like you're mm-hmm. fu- you can do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like play like John Coltrane. They just do it. You're like, what? Tui's like that. He's like, okay, cool. Like I want to play. You you tell him like, oh, can you do it just exactly like this guitarist or that guitarist? I want it to sound like uh, at the end of I'm like, I want it to sound like. Um, you know how uh, Neil Young's Crazy Horse, like, like this tune is like, oh, cool, like this. Like, I want it to be just like, he just like, he, he oh, can, you, got, you want that feel? Do it. I could just do exactly this and put his own touch on it. Yeah, like yeah, no, that he, is the real. A, that's the real art where like really good fucking guys can say, I want it to feel like this. I want it to be like that, and they're like, oh, cool, like, 
they do it they know because they, they can do exactly that and then put their own thing on it that as far as that's a whole nother level yeah. Greg is a very special well you're player. the you're the same way man like every you're like you can yeah. you can nail all if I say play play this play that you can you can nail every one of these things I've watched you that's very nice of you to say I'm <laughs> blushing but the, Greg, well, he brings such a sound, like all the verb. I, I was like, you know, in the guitar, super guitar stuff. It's like the sound kind of palette that I he's learned very, from he's learning he's all your tracks. Like he's like a Johnny like, Greenwood dude. He takes up like a whole. Yes. Yeah. Let me do this verb. Let me do this delay thing. Yeah. And, like, and then you know what I dug about? Like the the first track, just clean guitar, man. You yeah. just play clean guitar, and it's like so sick. I'm like, oh, he's he's got a special. You guys have a special thing, you know what I mean? It's like Keith Richards and Mick Jagger over here or something, you know? Like, you guys, you guys make music together and it's just like, yeah, this is meant to be, you know? That's always the best, making music with your fucking friends, right? Yeah, it is the best. What's better than that? Uh, I can't really think of it. I mean, there's there's things that are great, but they don't last the way that making music with your friends, like, the re- the reward, like, it just it's always fucking good. It's always good. Yeah, it's like never bad. It's never bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no morning after where you're like, that ah, was fun, but now I feel like shit. I'm an asshole. Yeah, and you're like, no, that was great, and we had a fucking great time. It's like all. Oh, and now we have something to show for it too. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, dude, Steve, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, brother, man. We finished so good. the beer. I feel like we should go have another beer or Let's something. Do that. You know, I mean, absolutely. Um, I will play people out with "Died on the Way." Cool. Um, if there's anything else, whoa, how do people find you? Two T's, I think. S T E V W A I T T. Right. Steve Wade at, uh, dot com. That's it. Dot com. It's easy. Are you going to do like a German spring thing twice a year? We, we need to, but we're waiting for a little press to come out before we book. It might be, might be summer. Yeah. Like a follow up tour. Yeah. See how this tour goes. Yeah. We just want to, I mean, all festivals. Nah, that'd be the... Oh, dude. <laughs> that would be the you party, can break, right? If you can break the festival scene in Europe, then you are just fucking loving it. Yeah. But we'll probably do something... You always have to. You always have to figure out. Like, is it an even year? Because is there is the World Cup or the European Cup happening? You like, you can't play past June. You know that, right? Oh, <laughs> they are fucking so makes, crazy about their so fucking football. So crazy about football. Football, yeah. man. That's they go. Like you, ha- I yeah, don't book. Uh, don't book on a year that there's. Um, Odd years are okay. Even years, it's 2020. Next year, um, is it the World Cup or the European Cup? You got to make sure you know, and it's don't don't book in June, July, because <laughs> nobody's going. No one's coming no to one's, the gig. No one's coming to the gig. They're all at the. They're all watching the fucking the games. Yeah, that's, wild, wild, right? That's no. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense, though, right? Like, Olaf was a soccer player, right? It's like, oh, yeah. They're, but everybody is. Everybody is. It's, yeah. like, it's like, if, if, like, for the States, if, like, baseball, basketball, and football were all the only thing that, be, like, were one sport combined, and all, that's every American that's always it. played that. And that's what everyone loves to see. And that's just like the nationalism. Like, they, it's, it's, it's in their blood. Yeah. Ole, ole. <laughs> they take it so seriously, dude. It's no, amazing. I know. Do you follow soccer? Um, you know, since I've, I've gone because I've been in some of these places when when this stuff was happening, and it's it's I do because when you realize what a culture it is, like it's so much fun. Yeah, like everybody. 
everybody's everybody's sucked, out. Right? Like yeah. every single television, it doesn't matter if it's the laundromat, like the TV's up, and like everyone's watching the game in every single corner, and everybody's like celebrating together. It's like I don't know what you could compare it to, except like. Some time gone past in the states where everyone listened to the same radio stations in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. You know, like everyone loves Elvis. You yeah. know, like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't have anything like it in the states anymore. No, we don't, dude. Yeah, there's nothing to compare it to except, except like when there was just three radio stations and everyone knew. Everyone was checking out the same yeah. shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone, great, everyone knows. Everyone knows, and everyone's in together. And everyone knows all the words. You know, to the song kind of a thing. Everyone yeah. knows all the players. Everyone knows it, and they're really excited. And they know the history of it, and it's they grew it's up a with rich it. History, like their kid, yeah, because yeah, their their dad or the mom took like their family went to it. They have it like it's in their it's in their blood when you raise when you're raised up like that with that kind of culture. Like you know, like a New Yorker who's who grew up and their dad took them to the Yankees game, and they're just fucking fanatics, and they never miss one, and they always pay attention, they always know all the players. It's that little. Microcosm. Imagine that's just basically their entire countries. Yeah, you know, like they're just that's just in them. It's such a different. I like. I always get psyched up about the World Cup or uh-huh. fall the Euro Cup, and then I'm uh-huh. like, it's been, it ends, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be a soccer fan. I'm gonna follow it, <laughs> and it just never happens, right? Like American soccer, or even me following Euro soccer. It just, I'm like. Yeah, it's it's no, only no, no. cool when it's the World Cup or the Euro Cup, right? Yeah. Like we so don't have the, we don't have the, we don't grow up with the same clubs. Like it's not you don't have you don't have your Manchester United or you don't have your fucking Chelsea. But like yeah, no, you it's don't, like put on. It's like, like nah, dude, well, well on. I shouldn't say that because I know people who who follow like US, like we have a good fucking club, and now it's just gotten better and better. We were kind of the joke for a while, but now. We're fucking contenders. I mean, after the after the girls, uh, the women, the women's league, fucking just I've, every I, year. I got into that, right? Yeah, yeah. That was that every cool. single time, and you know, which is amazing. And then the guys are just, but the men's. I think we we made the the semifinals once or something. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. and and that was like a fluke, and like somebody, someone on the other team got killed because of it. You know, <laughs> like Colombia's like goalkeeper like was shot, or I forget who it was. It was like their defender who actually made his own goal. Yeah, like that was fucking serious. They kill it. Like you, motherfuckers, you, you are know dying. what I'm talking about? When, yes. when, no, when, I remember when that they, shit. When he made his own goal, and like then someone, like the next day, fucking takes a gun and kills him. What the fuck? What? <laughs> We're like, you you realize how serious they fucking are. This is their fucking life. So. It's uh, it's pretty funny, but no, I, I get into it. I especially get into it when it's when uh, when it's like those the finals. Like if any sports, I'm not a huge sports guy, but in, if it's the final game, I like the energy because I like being in a, in a. I like the same way I like concerts or something. I like when everyone is in it together, like everyone yeah. gets fucking excited. I go to a, I'll even go to a bar. I don't even care about which team's winning or which team is. Uh, better or something like that. I just like oh okay, so this team and this team. I'm like okay, so it's um. Whatever it's a, the, it's I, I don't even remember like who played in the last um, sport, but it was like the trail. I don't know. Let's say it's just like the Trailblazers or whatever. Yeah. Well, this bar is a Trailblazers bar. Then yeah. I just want to go there That's and the hang out where where everyone's like, yeah, because I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like I like the I like. It's kind of like religion, you know. But we don't. I'm not religious. I don't care about. It. I mean, I care. I don't go. I don't go to church. I think sports are kind of like that, where society-wise, we they need really ceremony. Are, right? yeah. We need a we need, ceremony where everyone comes tradition. together and fucking screams together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's powerful. It makes you feel alive. Yeah, you feel better. Yeah. You know, that's, <gasps> yeah, fuck those guys, our guys, you know, like, yeah. or whatever it is, our it's God. Primordial. It's like our inner DNA to just oh, scream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, religion tapped into and so do sports. It's like, yeah. yeah. 
our our God, not your and God. Music though, right? It's kind of the same well, music's shit, the same right? way. Ceremony, like. And religion grabbed music right away. They're like, oh, yeah, no, this shit's powerful. <laughs> outside, do not, you're not allowed to play this shit anywhere outside of our, yeah. outside of God. If you do, you know, you die. You die, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Like, religion picked that one up pretty quick. <laughs> That's <laughs> <But> funny. God, <laughs> they were like, no, music is yeah, ours, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, God. Oh, yeah, let's, you know you, how you like music? God that's because music. Of, That's because of God. Yeah. Yeah. So you should uh, come to... That's <laughs> because our God, right? Not, not the other God. No, no, right? no, no, God. There's only this guy. Their music, this music. Their music will make you go and burn forever. <laughs> singing in the sing. We don't. When when do you go somewhere and all sing together in a room together? It's powerful, right? That's why pop music is powerful too. Like everybody singing together the same words and the same like harm like that sound in a room. Singing together, it's one of the most powerful things there are. It really is. Man, that's why concerts or live shows are amazing. Where everyone knows the words, everyone sings it. We don't have that. Everything's fractured now so much. There's so many bands. Everybody's like 10,000 bands stacked on top of each other. So some pop music still exists, and that's for that like, main reason. But we don't have it any so much anymore. And that's, I think, one of the things that I'm, that good bands do. You know, bring people together. They bring people together. Like, sing the music together. Yeah, feel everyone can feel something. They cheer, at least then you experience and you can cheer with and you can feel it together. That room of that ceremony. We don't have ceremony. Collectivism. Yeah, yeah the- outside of church, outside of religions, and then that's still great. But I think that some thing people just stay with stay with it because yeah, they get to hang out and builds community, builds like bonds with everybody else. Man, that's that's the big stuff. That's the yeah. big as it gets. If it's not, if you can't do it there, then, you know, sports has some kind of can grab onto that culture too. Everyone has something they can co- they can collectively share. Humans, they need that shit. We need it, right? Yeah, yeah it's, we it's, all need it's, it. It's it's as it's as it's as roots as it gets. It's as much as who we are than anything else is like pack animals. Yeah, like wolves. Oh, yeah. Everybody oh. fuck. <laughs> Like, it feels yeah. fucking good. It feels good, right? <laughs> you're like we're attracted to this energy, yeah. and it's global, right? It's and you know pop culture or whatever, like whatever your, your pact is, like fucking punk or whatever it is, like your rock or fucking jazz. Or like you get together and you like-minded people like collect and get get off on the same thing. That's it, man. That's really the that's kind of the best part of it, right? Yeah, it is. If now we're just playing, I mean, it's fun just playing with your friends and everything like that, but sharing it with a room full of people and they're all feeling what you're feeling, like how excited you are and you're giving it and you're feeding off of them and they feed back to you and that's it. That's it. I mean, what's, what's better than that? I don't know. That's it. You said it. Steve Wade, everybody. Thank you so much because that was beautiful. That was the shit. Thank you, Steve. Oh, I'm pleasure, man. Check that. out for Steve Waits' music and enjoy this track. Died on the way.
You died on the way